Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everyone out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. I am your host with the most Papa Spice. I am joined by two of my very best buds, Hans and Harry, and we are here to discuss and dissect all things pop culture, but specifically we like to lean into movies and TV. Boys, how you doing on this fine night? Uh, Hans, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, we're we're in the the uh, the winding down on the football season, so uh, you know I think I think when we before we recorded the Eagles were still uh, in the in the uh, in the hunt as they say, uh, and now they're not because uh, on paper, you know, yes, <laughs> on paper they were. Yeah, they uh, they had they had the idea to advance and they just didn't follow through with it. Mm. Um, yeah, but. It's it's January is that weird month where like football. I feel like I watch more football in January with the playoffs, and then like in terms of like pop culture stuff, like movies, not much comes out. So it's like at least I have, at least I just put all my free time towards sports. And uh, if you're listening, you're a Sixers fan. Uh, I know Harry, number one Joel and Bead fan, dropped oh, a seventy on, burger. Dropped a seventy burger last night, so that put a smile on my face. That brought that brought man tears to my eyes. <laughs> nice. Unlike those poor Buffalo Bills stand uh, fans yeah. in the stand crying after their loss, yeah, that's what I felt like. Except that just pure joy, not not over, not not uh, pain from every not, year after year after year, not immeasurable sadness. <laughs> for for as tough as they act, that and tailgates, I, I want to say like jumping through tape, like flaming tables, and yeah. doing shots out of bowling balls. Like, hey, get with it. You're on a nationally televised game, sir. And look, not to. Not to get off the rails already, but what, what was it? The game versus the who were they playing? Was it the Steelers? And they were throwing snowballs, mm. and there was no national uproar. Nobody's going to be talking about this a year, five years, ten years down the line. But you know who gets crap for doing that? Philly fans. Oh, Philly! Decades of course, ago. we yeah. we threw snowballs at Santa uh, in the seventies. We've how many presidents have we gone through? And we've gone through like that, and like like nine star at least nine star main star wars movies and we're still hearing it bills Ridiculous. yeah bills mafia much worse yeah and yet somehow yeah. they skate by on their reputation i don't know whatever get get a build a Harry, dome on your stadium tell me about the hypocrisy of uh, sports bases now, yeah how are so you doing, buddy? my uh my scientific <laughs> theory about it is uh <laughs> no i kid uh it does sound a little biased coming from a chiefs fan i will say greg uh not to What's Roll you under it? the bus, but how dare um, they act that way in front of Taylor Swift? Yeah, yeah, for real. No, but I'm uh, I'm doing well. Um, it's uh, it's been an interesting 2024 so far. Nothing uh, nothing too crazy over here. I feel like we haven't recorded recently, but like we have. But maybe it's just I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh. Hans mentioned, you know, the lack of content out there right now in the uh, in the content game, uh, as far as quality is concerned. Uh, that's definitely true. And hey, listen, and on, on a sports note, you know, I always love to talk Liverpool. They're top of the league and and cruising uh, for now. So we'll see how that goes uh, up the Reds. You know, shout out to Sean. Uh, I know he'll love that. Um, but no, things things are all right over here. Things are all right. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, I myself have been keeping busy as I am want to do, uh, this year kind of focusing in on 
catching up on TV, video games, but still making time for some movies. Uh, I did see American Fiction the other night. Really enjoyed that. Nice. Definitely worth the praise in my eyes. Had a new birthday. Or not a new birthday. It was the same birthday, but had a birthday. It's uh, one year older. I don't know how much wiser, but, you know, as those things go. Had a new birthday. You get one every year. I, just, like I do like one. the fact of creating it as like a new birthday. Like Greg it's is Greg is a new person. Edition. It's yeah. like it's like getting new underwear. It's just every year I got a new birthday. Good for you, Greg. Technically true, not inaccurate. We're like a hash truck. Um. All right. Well, let's dive into some newsy news. Year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, our man on this. Uh, our road uh, report. Uh, I think you're getting reamed out by the music right now. I don't yeah, think anyone will hear it. I don't care. Man on the screen. Ready, Roman reporter. My God, why was that so loud today? I don't know, man. I don't really. I don't really blew rules. out the eardrums today. <laughs> the last Sorry. time it didn't work, and now it's just like, woof. Man, all right. Honestly, well. I got a t- I got a pro tip for you, hands. Just turn down anything, uh, Greg, uh, sound wise, and it, it makes for a more enjoyable podcast. So I'm not saying um, I didn't enjoy it, but it just it, it just scared me. Mute me all together. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not saying I do that. I just I know when Greg stops talking that I yeah. jump in. So it's wild. I was just like, ah, all right. Well, all right. Well, we're already derailed twice. Yeah. All right. So here's, here's the news, box. If you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. After that. Yeah. After that, if you're still, if your ears are still with us. Um, all right. So over the weekend, number one was Mean Girls, the remake, uh, something or other. It was the adaptation of the play that was an adaptation from the movie from 2004. If I got my year right, 2003. All right, video game based on yeah, based on the video game from the 2004 (laughs) movie from the play that came that followed. Um, Yeah, so uh, we got a new Mean Girls movie. It made 11 million dollars at the box office, 11.7. Next is another. uh, You guys should call it a a remake of The Beekeeper with Jason Statham, which could be a remake of any one of his movies that have come out in the past 20 years. Um, um, Number three, uh, that at eight point. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's I can't. Oh my god, it, 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 all his movies look alike. Uh, number three is Wonka, six point seven million. Number four is DreamWorks, uh, Illuminations Migration with five point five, and number five that got really threw me through a loop is Anyone But You, the romantic comedy with Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney, who will soon be starring in Madam Web. Um, there it is. I told you guys I've been doing it. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah, we, every we, we every episode, it. one reference. I think, it, I think it's worse when you point out that you did it when Future we know what you're doing. No, I just you know I might, I'm going to continue to do it after until we get a sequel to that. Um, so yeah, um, I have not uh, still have not seen any movies. My trip to um, the have been out in a while. I think the last thing I saw was the Marvels. Um, but have you guys? Uh, I, Harry, you've seen Wonka. Greg, you have not. I know had. You see Mean Girls? I know you just saw it for the first time recently, the first one. Have you seen uh you seen the musical one? Uh I have yet to see the musical one. Um I was planning to go, but I came down sick and I might have uh coughed uh on mic here a minute ago, so I apologize. But uh yeah, I fake sickness to get out of movies I don't want to see too. Well, <laughs> no, what I wanted to see it. Um 
Mike, yeah, there? exactly. Can you get him on the, yeah. get him on the camera. Hold on, Mike. Sure. Mike, can you come in? Um, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you're good. But uh, no, I didn't get a chance to see it. But saw the saw the first Mean Girls, uh, not the not the play or the show, but uh, the movie from 2004 that you referenced. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I was interested to see how this one would hold up. I uh, haven't been enticed to rush out and see it because of reviews. Um, you know, we're in that weird time, you know, we mentioned a little bit earlier where it's kind of, you know, some holdover content from the holiday season, uh, as well as some fair to, you know, fair content, uh, that, you know, is very much, uh, for specific audiences, not just for, I would say everybody, it's a niche market out there. Um, but yeah, and, uh, yo, beekeeper, I, uh, a Tim favorite uh, in 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 his book. Uh, I think it got an IMAX release, so like you know me, anything in IMAX, I'll check it out. Uh, but that one, did. yeah, but that one uh, that one has uh, been missed off the list. So I mean, a, a pretty slow box office. Um, you know, we we talked a ton about Wonka and anyone but you. I think their movie's worth seeing, especially if you're looking for a date night movie or if you're looking for a family friendly movie. I think those are worth heading out to go check and see. Uh, and you know, shout out Jareth. Uh, we're doing a lot of shout outs or at least I am so far. Uh, he's a big migration head. He wants to see that film. Uh, I don't know if he has, but, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, in regards to that. So, um, yeah, no notes, no notes for me on any of these movies, uh, as of yet, but, uh, I'll keep you posted maybe next week. Yeah. Um, Wonka, like I said, I would like to see it, but I, at this point, I don't think uh, I'll make it out to see it. Who knows? Um, I really don't care about any of these movies. I don't. Uh, wow. Mean Girls, hate, 11, number one with 11 million just shows you the doldrums that uh, that is January. Hey, hey don't what? knock it. Don't, we, sometimes sometimes you got to come in first place in a, in a, in a rough, rough year, a rough tournament. Like, it happens. You know? By default, there has to be a yeah, first place. It exactly. doesn't mean you did good. You're probably right. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just there, there's no interest. Look, there's a bunch of great movies that are out right now. They're just not making a ton of money. Poor Things, The Iron Claw, um, Origin saw very limited release. Zone of Interest is starting to uh, widen release. American Fiction, I mentioned. Um, Lots of great, great content, and um, the auditoriums aren't going to be packed. So <laughs> take advantage, go check it out now. Although that might change now that the uh, Oscar nominations have dropped. Mm. Is speaking that a segue or what? No, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, speaking of box office, I don't. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to bring this up one more time. But sure. um, our, our our boy uh, at at a certain movie theater chain, the CEO uh, Adam Adam Aaron, had a, a comment about some weird comment about the uh the box office of how the i guess something they he tried to tie it into the six or 70 piece with uh Embiid because he used to run the sixers and it made absolutely no sense so it just made me laugh because it had something to do with like uh people going to the movies or whatever i'm like yeah dude don't pull that out in january when no one goes uh, to the movies yeah, yeah. guys yeah. guys a dumpster I, fire I, just, I would love yeah yes i would love for that dude to just sit down and do his job like 
just stay quiet, man. Nobody wants to hear me. I mean, he's just, uh... <laughs> the best was because like someone he went on a rant about something, and at the end it was like, "Congrats to Joel Joel Embiid on seventy points." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. Twin also uh, go buy our eighty dollar lounge fly <laughs> yeah. man purses. Uh, you guys didn't buy yours. You didn't pre order. That's weird. No, um, no. I, uh, I I try I try not to buy four dollar candy. Yeah, <laughs> I would say X slash Twitter is becoming a pretty uh, wild place, and uh, I think he fits right in there. If I'm if I'm being honest, oh yeah, not, not so, oh yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even know team. he had it until yesterday, and then I'm like, he's he's definitely. Uh, yeah, he's 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 on one. So, he also would you also, go to get blackmailed by? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, old people hit a certain age where they uh <laughs> they kind of just become a little bit more I don't know zany maybe uh, if that's the case and uh, yeah, I guess that's I a good think word. he's he's about to hit seventy. He's right on that uh right on that mark there. So makes uh makes a lot of sense. Um, Sorry, those those marbles you know. are starting to go missing. Yeah. Great job. Great job, Adam. You're doing a stellar job at whatever job you're you're in put in charge of. Um <laughs> sorry. Um yeah, we where we are. That that this train is way off. All right. So today, this morning is Tuesday as we're recording, they announced the Academy Awards. Uh gonna be a lot of angry people that are out there. Um so just to kind of go through an overall um hold overall on, hold numbers. on, hold on. Please tell me Joe Coy's not hosting. Has been announced. Come on, Greg, you would love that. Guess one. No, it's gonna be Nathan Fielder. <laughs> actually, I would love that, but he'd no one. Yeah, would that actually. No would one, be I could just imagine the silence that are in the theater as he's telling the jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, but leading the way was uh, Oppenheimer with th- uh, thirteen nominations, uh, followed by Poor Things with eleven. Um, big, I really a couple surprises with some of the nominations, but I mean, Best Picture. Um, was was pretty predictable. Um, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and Zone of Interest are up for Best Picture. Um, best Actor, Leonardo DiCaprio, was not up for Best Actor nomination. Um, that went to Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, Paul Giamatti, Killian Murphy, <clears throat> sorry, and uh, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Um, and also the big one, the, the two biggest ones um, are, are Best Director and Best Actress, which um, Margot Robbie left off of the list for Best Actress and Greta Gerwig left off the list for Best Director in uh, the movie that was the highest grossing movie. Now, I know that doesn't mean anything because, you know, Michael Bay, if that was the case, would be up for nominations for like the Transformers movie. We know that ain't never going to happen. Um, but, um, you know, as a movie that uh, kind of was as a cultural impact as Barbie had and positive reviews and yeah they left they left Greta out um and they uh they left Margot out which is it's kind of a shock because I thought they were going to be two shoe-ins for for their nominations um another snub I'm just going to go out there and say it across the spider-verse was not nominated for best original score um which it should have been I still bopped to that in my car a lot um and it's it's such a great soundtrack um but was not nominated um and I think Everything else is kind of, I think, went as expected, except except the ones that I just called out. But um, oh, Super Mario Brothers was not nominated for best um, animated movie, which being I think the highest grossing animated film of the year, and again with positive reviews, was up for a Golden Globe as well. Um, but that was left off the list. So um, yeah, 
lot of a lot of weird. I I thought I kind of it was going to be a little expected with some of the nominations, but um, with Margot Robbie coming off, Greta Gerwig not being left off, uh, kind of unexpected, I guess you could say. Um, thoughts? What do you guys? What do you guys think? How are you, Greg? Or how oh, are you okay. go first? You go. Oh. All right. Well, I don't, I don't care which guy you. Oh, what you guys you are first? so sweet. Look at you guys. All right. Are you over? Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, from coming from our roaming reporter, Barbie lover, uh, I, you know, we should play, we should play a fun game this year to see how many movies Chris will see before the Oscars air and tally. I did see Barbie all up. You did? I did. When did and you see Barbie? Barbie? Right. I thought I, I, th- oh, wait, oh, I didn't include that on my, oh no, I watched it before, before our watch, our, um, recap. Breaking Holiday news. Recap. I watched it like the second weekend that it came out on whatever, on HBO or Mac, whatever it's called. What are we even doing here? We talked about it. You didn't you didn't mention that on your holiday watch? Because I don't think I didn't watch it over the holiday. I thought I watched it before that. Mm. Okay. All right. Breaking oh, news. Harry, wow. I'm, Harry, I'm, I'm really Harry, stunned right now. Harry, I need you to go back and listen to every episode we, and see where I might have mentioned I don't, that. Papa, is, Popular podcasters, roving reporters, Stump's co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, has no, he watched might, it? I know. I really did watch it. I, I'm not, I I'm know, not kidding. I believe that. I'm asking Greg if we've ever talked about it. I, I don't know. Talked we didn't about talk about him watching it. This is news to me. This is this is news. To me. <laughs> all, right. all right, before you <laughs> made hold all on, all the years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all, the, was that? all the years in the business, and this guy is still <laughs> breaking news and blowing our minds. It's incredible. That was the third the news topic I wanted to bring up. Right <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, breaking news. I did watch Barbie. Yeah, I watched Barbie. <laughs> what did you I think? Barbie, what? like like a month and a half ago, bro. We literally see you three days a week at work, at least at minimum. Unless I'm taking a nap in the car <laughs> every two weeks, and at no point have you mentioned. I know I mentioned it at work. Tonight. I know I have. No, no shot. Not Dude. to mention a movie <laughs> that made both Harry and my top list for last <laughs> year, and you don't even think to bring this up to us. Wow, this is. I this could is have swore I brought it up. I don't know. I got to figure out when I went back well, to watch it. I'll tell you this: we did a we did a fave five end of the year list. You didn't mention it. Wasn't, it then. wasn't no. We it wasn't did a holiday <laughs> recap, and you didn't mention it there. So I don't know the holiday. It wasn't over. No, I didn't watch uh, it over the holiday, and it wasn't on my fave anything list. All right, let's let's move on to Harry's thoughts. Yeah, here. sorry. Yeah, I'm go just, ahead. You know, just the news. Yeah. The news never. Sorry, stopped. I don't want to. Sh- I want to shut your little joke down about how many movies <laughs> I would watch before. I am miffed. Dang, he's seen two. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the 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 Barbie. You know, I think the Greta love, as far as Greta Gerwig is concerned, uh, there there's a fam- there's a similar impact to this back with. Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg with Jaws, where Jaws was nominated for Best Picture, but he wasn't nominated for Best Director. Um, there's this sometimes happens with this. I want to say high box office, you know, winners um, in regards to that. So I think the Margot one is a little bit more of a shock um, in regards to it. I'm listen. I'm okay with without Leo, and I think he's been doing a great job of supporting. Uh, Lily Gladstone and her ambitions for best actress. And he's kind of, I think, stepped aside um, to kind of let that be, you know, her moment and kind of, you know, put support behind her um, in regards to that. Um, 
I, you know, I've seen a lot of the, the nominations. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm a big Oppenheimer guy. I liked poor things. And those are two of the uh, most nominated films. Um, I can't really speak on zone of interest one, because it, it hasn't really been playing in a lot of places. I don't even know if it's out um, what we would call wide. And that sometimes isn't even wide. Um, and uh, I never got a chance to see Maestro yet. So those are kind of the two big nominees that I'm, that I'm going to hold judgment on. Um, until I see, uh, in regards to that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Spider-Verse stuff is tough. I mean, we both, I think had that on, um, top of our lists uh, for the end of the year, uh, or all of us did. Um, and, uh, yeah, to not get a score there, there's definitely some, some strange decisions that were made here with the nominations where, you know, sometimes it feels like a step forward, you know, uh, and then a step back, but Greg, I don't want to take up too much time because I want to have more of a discussion. Let's uh, let's get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't. I actually have quite a few thoughts. Um, I mentioned this before, but this is just a very stacked year for movies. There's just a lot of great content. Um, best picture. I I this is the first time I've seen nine of the ten films nominated prior to the nominations. The only thing I haven't seen is Zone of Interest, which is on the list once it gets a further release. Beat um, me out. I think I only got eight. Yeah, it Y'all crazy. Got me beat. Um, I'm surprised. Well, not surprised, but I think I wish there was a way for Spider Verse to make it into that top ten again. It's just. I don't know that Maestro belongs in there. Um, it's a very Oscar Beatty type movie, but having watched it, I didn't find much value yeah. or entertainment out of it. And um, I don't know. I feel like there was another omission too for Best Picture. But uh, moving on, Best Actress in a Leading Role: Annette Benning and Nyad. I think definitely could have been replaced with Margot. Um, look, I haven't heard much about Nyad, but. Um, I'm a pretty big film fan, uh, not to toot my own horn or anything. And if I'm not hearing much about a movie, even if it's just for a performance, then it's kind of weird, you know? And I have seen Margot in Barbie. I know her performance. I think it's phenomenal and warrants, um, warrants some love. Best actor in a supporting role. Uh, the only thing I would question in this, again, another stacked field is Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction. I think um, the cast in American Fiction, everybody did great. But I think if I had to choose someone at the bottom of the list, and again, all great, I think Sterling K. Brown's performance would probably be there. Uh, disappointed to not see Willem Dafoe from Poor Things. I think he would have been. Yeah, no, you're a, a big fan of that choice. one. Can I can I make a, a comment real quick on the best yeah. supporting actor because I was really confused when the nominations came out, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. I, I I think right when you came down for lunch, I was talking with um our, our one of our listeners, Sean, about mm-hmm. this. Was why why would they consider? Do you think it's weird that they would consider Ryan Gosling a supporting actor when he was basically he should have been main actor in that, or do you think it was just so stacked that they at least wanted to give him some sort of nomination because he's on screen probably. I would say just as much as Margaret Robbie. Now I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but do you think that do you think it, I, I think that make, doesn't make too much sense. I would definitely would include him in best actor. We had this discussion. I want to say it was at lunch one day. Maybe you weren't there or maybe, maybe it was one night when we were playing rocket league. I honestly don't Probably know the day. criteria for 
the difference between a lead and supporting because there are times when you would think that someone should be a lead and a big a big uh, example of that would be Judas and the Black Messiah from a couple of years ago the two co-leads were both in best supporting category like it didn't make any sense and then there's other times where you have someone in supporting like Ryan Gosling where to me because of the amount of screen time he has and the role that he plays, I think that would be a co-lead. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have a feeling there's probably some type of percentage, but I don't know what that entails. Yeah. Or maybe then I, like, I, I go to an example like the Marlon Brando in The Godfather and um and what's his name? The uh Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. I think he's only in the movie for like fifteen or sixteen minutes and right. got a best actor nomination and right. So I thought that was, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was a little confusing um, just with the best supporting thing. But maybe they want to give Ryan at least some love and <clears throat> gave him best supporting instead. I, I don't know. But. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Still confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, sure. I'm glad we talked this through. Best animated feature film. Happy. Very happy to see Nimona get some love. Great movie. It's on Netflix. If you guys want to check it out. Um Elemental, I think, is just proof that Disney has some pull uh, because there's nothing positive I've been I've heard about this film, like nothing that stands out anyway. And yet here it is in the nominees. You got to get your typical Disney movie in there every year. It's just yeah. it's disappointing. I, I will say that I thought the movie was very enjoyable. But to your point, I, I don't. I wouldn't put this up as I w- if for best animated movie. I I would take this out and put like put um outside of super mario brothers like ninja turtles or something in i think they were both superior elemental was a typical pixar disney pixar movie which wasn't not not that's not a bad thing because i most pixar movies i i i love even the ones that don't get don't get um any recognition whatsoever or or attention um but i think elemental i think was good i think it was really good but not nomination worthy. I I forgot all about it when I was looking at the nominations and I saw that and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that the kind of thing like, oh yeah, Elemental came out this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I actually have not seen it yet, but I'm just saying there's not been any word of mouth or praise about it that you would think would warrant a nomination. Right. For, I, I, and I agree maybe. with your point of Disney wrote a check. Um, best directing, uh, while I love Greta, again, this is a very stacked field, and I, I think she just, there's only five There's spots. a lot of good, a lot of good directors yeah. there. Uh, what else we have here? Best international feature film? No Godzilla minus one. What? Uh, that's kind of disappointing. Sorry. Um, but Godzilla minus one was nominated for best visual effects, which is... My man, the first ever nomination for a Godzilla movie in its 69-year Let's history. Go. So, super I, I will happy say, about that. in all the old-school Godzilla ones where like, it's like a, a man in a suit running around, that's probably justifiable. But, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I... That was revolutionary. It's warranted for, it's, it's warranted <laughs> for the uh, original ones, yes. I, I, I will say that, but uh, that is Best cool. music, original score, American fiction was garbage. It was easy listening uh junk and i'm surprised it got a nomination because anytime that score played it took me right. out of the movie uh so not seeing spider-verse in there like you said um disappointing best music original song uh again no um 
No Dua Lipa uh, for Barbie, but the fire inside Shame. from Flamin' Hot is on there. What? I saw Flaming Hot, and I don't even remember this song. Um, I've even heard so of Flaming Hot. It's the, the movie Cheetos about movie. how, uh, yeah, how the Flaming Hot Cheetos are made. It's uh, it's on Hulu. Um, I, can't, I can't tell if you guys are messing with me or not. I'm just going to ask it's, you That's the real deal. So there's, another, there's another movie that's out about a product being made. Yeah. Yes. That's like okay. the new trend, my dude. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so those are my thoughts. There's there's some notable omissions and some strange choices, but overall, like I said, stacked year, a lot of good stuff there. Yeah. I All was right. going to say, Dua Lipa, if you need anything, you reach out to the Hot Takes podcast. Where we'd be Hell happy yeah, to, we are here to, to console you. Through it. We are. And we uh, are also a Dua Lipa podcast as well. Yeah. Dance the night away. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I would love to dance the night away. My number one uh, song on... Uh, Apple Music because I don't know. Um, yeah, one I wanted to give a quick shout out to Flaming Hot, uh, Oscar nominated movie, uh, the creator, uh, Oscar nominated movie, um, for two Oscars, yeah, I true. think, and Mission true. Impossible Dead Reckoning, uh, so also Oscar nominated movie. So, um, oh, and uh, John Williams for Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny, I get it more Bro, like a legacy pick, but the same again, song for 50 years, yeah, that could have been well, one that I think could have inched in there for uh. <laughs> For score, Dude, so. now instead that... of plastering Oscar nominated all over the physical media releases, they're just going to have it in the description and in all yeah. the Oscar nominated subcategories on all yeah. streaming services. Literally, cool. John Williams has been writing the same tune for Indiana Jones for five uh, movies, oh, fifty years. Legend, legend. Uh, John Williams, like, oh, we got we got to do a fifth Indiana Jones movie. Which Listen, tune should I use? You create the. <laughs> You create sorry. the legacy movies that he's created, uh, songs, sorry, that he's created and sound, and I think you're good. Like, it's, yeah, you can coast. It's okay. Yeah, you're, you're good, man. Just, he's no, you know, he's whatever no Hans you need But, well, you know, we could, <laughs> no we one could have that composer argument. <laughs> Hans Zimmer is. Hans Zimmer is a Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah. All right. True. Uh, anything well, else in the news? Nope, that's it. Oh, yeah, so the Academy Awards will be on uh, – man, I just lost the date, but they're on sometime on ABC. Yeah. They're going to be hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I forgot to leave that out earlier when we were talking about um, the host. So, just sure, that'll – No worries. Yeah. I love Jimmy Kimmel. I just don't like him as a host. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, it'll be in uh, March 10th, uh, a little later this March year. 10th. So. Thank you. March 10th. No problem. Thank you. My I window closed. most of your uh, – Yeses for the Oscars party. March tenth. So. Got a thing to do. You'll be fine, Hans. Gonna watch Madam Web for the fifth time. Show up, show up for the first yeah. half, and then you know we'll give out the big awards. The old Irish exit. All right. Well, uh, moving on oh. from the news. Thank you, Hans. It's time for another round of Never Have I Ever Seen. And ya boy, Papa Spice was in the hot seat. Um, so I had my co-hosts here, my lovely, lovely co-hosts, pick out two films for me, uh, to, to take a peek at, to gander, to mm. watch. Dive uh, into. Yeah. And, Tara, what did you choose for me? Um, well, for you, I chose the sensational 2014 hit, uh, Paddington, uh, based off of, I guess, the Paddington book, um... That was created, I think, in the fifties. Say what? Not would you say video Paddington game? Video game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based uh, on the Paddington games. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like you know, 
It's kind of like a GTA game, so I wouldn't suggest it for kids. <laughs> GTA but, makes for Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, there was actually a video game released on the film, Paddington Adventures in London, that was released in 2015 for the Nintendo 3DS. So oh, right. suck it, Greg. I, no um, joke, a third, a third of this movie at, towards the end could be like the gulag from uh, from the yeah. – uh, from uh call of duty so whenever you're ready for that one yeah so. yeah we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah but no yes that was that was my choice well thank you so hands we'll talk about your choice in a bit but i want to oh, go so we call it here yeah so um <laughs> harry as you mentioned 2014 it was released directed by paul king starring hugh bonneville uh sally hawkins ben wishaw as the voice of paddington and Nicole Kidman, who is oddly not listed on IMDb. I don't know what the deal is with that. I got her deep. Uh, yeah. So uh, the description of this is a young Peruvian bear travels to London in search of a home. Finding himself lost and alone at Paddington Station, he meets the kindly Brown family who offer him a temporary haven. Um, so he's got, he's got plenty of marmalade and, a, and a looking for a home. That he does. And a nice explorer bucket hat um i'm not gonna go through the movie plot point by plot point with these but i'll just give some general thoughts and impressions on on stuff that i saw um and felt uh first of all exciting that part of this took place in peru uh where uh my wife is peruvian so i'm big on the culture and all that stuff didn't get much of that here it was just canvas darkest peru which for some reason is how explorers from the 50s and earlier always describe it um god can you confirm if bears bears do talk in darkest peru (laughs) well i haven't been to darkest peru i I actually haven't been to peru period but my wife has and she has has not seen a peru has she seen a talking bear while she was there in her times in peru not that she's told me, but I better double check. <laughs> okay, right. So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna ask. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, just wanted to make sure. All right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that was interesting that that it um, that was the setting. Uh, I will say right off the bat, I was unexpectedly surprised by the humor. Um, I didn't see it coming. I thought it was just going to be more straightforward, mushy feely, and it definitely wasn't that. Like it it had me chuckling in a few spots. The CG, though, was a little underwhelming for me. And I know, you know, this is coming up on a decade, cap. but what? So that's Cap. That's what the kids <laughs> said. <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. I, 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 I heard it. And I'm like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> right, okay. Well, all right. So we'll talk about this. Let me get this point out. I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. when I'm, I think in the close up shots of Paddington's face, I don't know what it was, but it was just, it looked cartoony it didn't look I, I hate to say real enough for me but it was like it's very clear this is a cg character i mean outside of the fact that it's a bear walking and talking and <laughs> wearing doing <a> hat. stuff <laughs> yeah his name's, exactly. his name's his name's paddington he has a name <laughs> yeah i don't know i just i wasn't impressed but uh apparently that has taken you to a back uh do you Listen, disagree I, no i don't Rebut? disagree with you i just uh we're talking about we're talking about the goat we're talking about the bear the man the the bear I, named paddington and your sentiment out of this <laughs> what's uh, listen i i need you to take your critic hat off for a second and just enjoy <laughs> looking at this adorable bear with his raincoat bucket hat and 
suitcase full of marmalade and just wanting to find a home. No. All right. I, I'm <laughs> sorry. Point. I'm cutting in here. No. I'm cutting in here. Yes. Jump in hands. No. So, I, I, first of all, don't call him the goat because the, the goat of, of cartoon bears goes to Winnie the Pooh. He's like the Jordan yeah. of of cartoon the bears. Jordan. There's like there, there's like six. There's like four of them. I don't even know what the other who yeah, the other yeah. cartoon bears lie. are. Honey, better than marmalade. Just saying, oh marmalade. No, not taking anything away from marmalade. I'm sorry. Honey's got it. How my many apologies. problems does Winnie the Pooh cause? None. <laughs> Paddington's try burning down at least two houses it in this thing, and Winnie the Pooh just. It doesn't matter. He was still there, <laughs> and uh. Winnie the Pooh just sat around and ate. I'm Batting sorry, you're, you're, calling, you're calling Winnie the Winnie the Pooh the goat, considering that in 2017 they made a film called Goodbye Christopher Robin, not titled anything about Winnie the Pooh, but also was in the style and animation of a Paddington movie because they were trying to uh, get in on that sweet, sweet Paddington bear oh, money. Well, if you, ooh, 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 you want to go, you want to start correcting me? Um, goodbye, Christopher Robin had nothing to do with Winnie the Pooh. It was about him in World War One, the guy who wrote Winnie the Pooh. You're thinking of just Christopher Robin, which came oh. out at the same time with you. Got him, dude. <laughs> it's just school, Harry, on movie history. Oh my I lord! I, I put the word goodbye in there instead <laughs> of Christopher <laughs> Robin. So yeah, <laughs> just I just got burger. dunked on. 70, yeah, yeah, seventy yeah. piece nugget <laughs> on my cool. head. Kobe. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I got no, um, it's fine. Yep, that's okay. Um, no, I, I will say like Greg for with the CG was a little weird. I, I do think with like close up, yeah, it's obviously it's a cartoon bear uh, or an animated bear. It, it was it's funny because like when you, I mean, you don't really see this stuff outside like the circus of bears doing all the things that they're doing here. Like even like the Peru shots, I thought it was looked a little more natural when you're right when they're like farther away. Um, but. I thought I don't know. I think the non-bear CGI was good. Like some of the transitions where they change some of the sets and move into like Paddington's imagination or one of the characters' imaginations, where mm. you know I think that's done really well. Um, but I think that the Paddington, it's 2014, so I mean, I mean we're already yeah, like Greg, what Greg like did six, give that six point. seven yes yeah, six seven uh, years deep in Marvel. I'm not going to sit here and and be like the the <clears throat> CGI looks top tier, but like. Come on, let's cut. Let's cut the bear some slack here. <laughs> no. Um, so another interesting thing, uh, Uncle Pestuzo, which love the name, love where they got the name. Um, it was interesting hearing Michael Gambone because he is intrinsically linked with um, Dumbledore for me. So mm. like, I just kept imagining Dumbledore even as I'm watching the bear talk. But. Yeah. We have the very sad moment in the beginning where Uncle Pestuzo Dang. passes away and they're getting emotional all over again. There's a storm and a tree gets knocked over. But right before the tree, you see Uncle Pestuzo kind of turn and look back at, um, at Paddington. And I laughed out loud <laughs> because this reminded me. Of the scene with Jonathan Kent from Man of Steel, where Kevin Costner is just like, no, son. And he looks back at Clark Kent and says, don't save me. And then the tornado sweeps him up. And I'm like, dude, it was totally unintentional. I know. And I'm like laughing now, even thinking about it. But like, it was just, it was, it was 
it was a little cheesy for me. I, I almost, I, I don't know. Look, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to Pastuzo, but the fact that it was <laughs> almost directly lifted from that, and it's like, I'm, I was yeah. just waiting for Paddington to like act like he was going to jump in and save Pastuzo, and Pastuzo would be like, no. <laughs> that that is a great I don't want call. you to reveal your secret to the world. <laughs> I did not think about that until you until like I and I saw your note when it said Jonathan Kent. I know it was directly linked to like the Man of Steel, but yes, you're right. And right before he dies, he says, "When when you take responsibility, you will gain powerful abilities." Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry. So the, the, those are just just some initial thoughts and impressions from the, the very beginning of the movie. Uh, how about you guys? What kind of stuff did you come across or think about? Um, first thing I did not, I, my knowledge of Paddington is very limited prior to watching this movie. Um, I, I don't know if I ever read a Paddington book. Um, I think for one time, I think I linked Paddington into that sleepy time tea or whatever, where the bear was wearing the nightcap sitting on a chair. I thought that was mm. Paddington. Um, That's the I, job. <laughs> I don't think it is, but, um, I didn't know he was Peruvian had no idea because he had, you know he had a british accent and it's explained in this movie why he's a british accent uh if you knew the lore of paddington uh <laughs> yeah and, uh, just an english explorer went and taught a bear to talk uh so that's where that's that's the story um so i had no idea so that was a fun little thing i i liked in the beginning um the beginning of the of the movie where it just introduced him and just how he lives um the, the word marmalade is said in this movie so many times and in the first third of the movie it's like the F word in the Devil's Rejects or Goodfellas. Um, it's just thrown out all over the place. Um, and it's like we can have a drinking game with whenever they say marmalade. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, I think there's a Guinness World Record for most uses of the world of marmalade. Marmalade in, uh, in Paddington <laughs> 1. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know. I didn't even know what marmalade was. Uh, I, I thought it was a made up thing. Um, I've only heard marmalade in Paddington. And the world's end, which is you never uh, put marmalade on toast. I, dude, I put butter on toast. I am the most boring person. Marmalade looks like an orange. Is it really like that's? I, I if I, I remember know. correctly, it's like uh, apricot flavored. Is that? How have you had marmalade recently? Being a huge Paddington fan, I yeah, can't yeah, say yeah, that. Uh, got a jar of it just for this. You, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that because I love fraud. Paddington. Yeah, <laughs> that, they're fraud. Yeah. Sorry, man I'm not with, deep in the Man war. went the Burger King before this. Yeah. Why? Can I have a, can I have a, a, a Whopper and a, a thing of marmalade? Put marmalade like, on it. Excuse yeah. me, sir? <laughs> so are you a bear from Peru? Is I this said, Paddington? No, I'm a, yeah, yeah. I'm, a guy I'm from just trying Benzale. to live like yeah. Okay, Paddington. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm I didn't, sure yeah. it's like apricot flavored. It's okay. not like super so citrusy. It's just like a, a sweet. I had no idea. Like, I've heard this. I, I mean, I might have heard it, but I didn't know it was actually like, uh, like you know, I didn't know Paddington loved marmalade. Thing. A real, like, a real lover that bears like uh, marmalade. Um, I, I kind of going into this, I thought it was going to be a very typical, uh, because this was actually my first time seeing uh, Paddington 1, um, that I don't know. I just, I thought it was going to be more of like, a, you know, a very, a very, uh, by the books, feel good movie, similar to like Christopher Robin. Um, and not you know, good by Christopher like, Robin, but I, I love Christopher Robin. Um, but, um, you know, there's like live action where let's like a cartoon, take a cartoon character and put them into a live action thing. It just, sometimes it doesn't really work. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you get introduced to the characters. One of the things I have is that, that 
I don't know if every street on Britain look in England looks the same, but it felt like it was this like this to me. This movie felt like if Wes Anderson made a Mary Poppins movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like with some of the sets, some of the dialogue, and it's just like it just had that Wes Anderson feel. Like you know how in some of his movies, a lot of his dialogue is taken shot. literally, like taken literally. There's some dialogue where, where they're going through the, um, you know, the when you get some a uh, 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 flashback of the explorer. Um, Montgomery Clyde um, when he's when he's expelled from the Explorers Guild or whatever it's called and uh, and what's he said they're like and now we turn our back and they literally like just turn his back on him and it was just extremely this whole movie is like filled with little literal things like that which I think is funny I I do like that type of humor and I thought it was it wasn't what I expected um, Greg I had no idea Nicole Kidman was in this movie uh, until um I think maybe I saw your note. I'm not sure. But um, when I saw her, I looked on IMDb as well and said, oh, that's Nicole Kidman. She was not not at least on the casting list. If she was, I don't know. Um, so that was a a, a surprise. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the casting – this these movies are so hard because, you know, these people are, are talking to a CGI – character and it's hard to see them like interact with it and i think all these movies have that Name's where they're paddington. talking to no one i'm sorry i'll call i'll call him paddington the bear paddington Let's bear keep doing this i um, love this bit <laughs> um <laughs> um yeah i just think it's it's weird but like where it's human characters talking to like just one cgi and you know it's a guy running around in a green like in a in a mm, green yeah, outfit they maybe. could have like a little pygmy bear standing up and yeah, that makes it weird wranglers and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I just I always feel like you know they. It, it, it I I always feel like some of these movies are just shot weird and and just like some of the it's a little bit of overacting, but it's probably you know expected probably from this type of movie where it's just like a silly, silly movie about a talking bear. Um, one other comment before I turn it over to Harry: Why is this not a bigger issue that London is currently has a bear walking around wearing a hat and talking? I did when they were in the station and everybody's just walking by and ignoring poor little Paddington. I did think that too. I'm like, there's a bear here. At the very least, there would be screams. There's a word that I don't, I cannot say on this podcast. And I said, BS, BS. (laughs) And I said, what is this BS? I'm talking to myself because I was watching this by myself. Bear stuff. um, I was like, how does no one give a bleh about this bear like no one's shocked and i understand people are going about their busy days but i've i have busy days all the time i've been on trains and public transportation where if i saw a bear standing in the street or wherever i would freak out especially if he was like wearing a hat and then uh mr brown walks by and he's like oh it's just a bear he's probably asking for money like is this a common thing in london <laughs> is this a common like they're, they're he's probably trying to sell something like what what like, I'm sorry. Like, do they have animal, animal, like, an animal flea market somewhere where they just have like different animals that are like selling stuff? Like, they're just like, oh, he's trying to sell something. Like, so he's bear. This is unbelievable. He's a bear with a hat and a marmalade underneath of it. There's, oh, that's gotta be melting all like crazy. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was very, very strange because I guess that's not how I would react. Now I completely understand now that we are talking about a children's movie about a bear who likes marmalade and was from Peru and made it from Peru to London on a boat. And, and no he one talks. noticed. He forgot. He forgot and he, he talks. talks. He's a talking bear. And he's a sweet little boy. 
He's a sweet, yeah, yeah. He's a sweet little boy. Harry. I can see you're little, chomping at the bit to set us straight. Little boy, you know, bear. I just <laughs> I gotta be honest. When we do this series, I, I really look forward to nominating a choice for my friends, and uh, then I get on here and I just I think, what did I do? This I should have just picked the one of the worst we movies I've ever seen. Yeah. We, but but here's the thing: like, I'm honestly, we haven't said we haven't said one bad thing about it yet. I'm just saying, you know, there is the a vibes, bear. Walking around London, that's walking and talking, and no one cares. Well, listen, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who come from other countries. Uh, there's a lot of homeless people in the world who nobody talks to. Um, right, and I think in this case, in this scenario, I think Paddington um, is in place a of that. Bear, who's <laughs> a talking bear? My, my following question was: um, How many of those people that you speak of are Peruvian bears that wear a hat? And hey man, have marmalade sandwiches underneath. He, he's, a, he's a special bear who needs <laughs> a home. Okay, okay. I'm just and, saying. You know, I haven't said anything bad thing. The vibe. I, I'm saying. I, never mind. Just continue. Oh, I, don't continue like I don't like your vibe. I don't like where you're <laughs> going. Okay. Um, you know, it's a family kids movie. Um, probably a little fantasy in there, considering there's a talking bear from Peru. <laughs> but you know, let's. Why? Why? Why isn't anyone you know Just blown away by this? Fantasy. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. Let, let's not let our mind listen. Don't see Wonka. That's all I got to say to you guys. <laughs> um, if this is your attitude towards this one, uh, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you were talking a little bit about it earlier, Greg. I mean, the humor is kind of right up in front and center, um, and it's just uh, you know, for me, it's just. I'm not a huge Winnie the Pooh guy. Um, I mean, obviously, I appreciate the bear. Um, you know, I wouldn't say there's too many characters from childhood that I'm like, that's my, you know, that's my, that's my animal. That's my avatar. Um, besides Rock a Doodle, I always wanted to be like Rock a Doodle. My man. Nice. But my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Paddington for me, I listen, I wasn't here day one. I didn't, you know, not familiar with the books. Obviously there's a huge, um, you know, English element here with, with this, uh, movie, with the cast, with, you know, where it was written, you know, the name of the bear, um, and all that stuff that isn't, uh, you know, listen, the stand in for it is Winnie the Pooh over here in America. Um, but I just remember, you know, watching the beginning, you know, as we've talked about so far and just uh, sheer delight in uh, my time with Paddington and uh, with the family, um, with Lucy, Lucy and uh, Pastuzo um, and just kind of the, you know, um, way that Montgomery Clyde just kind of handles this situation. He could have profited off of it. And I know we'll get into the more realistic part of the movie or the themes, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, what a, what a delightful bear. It just needs a home. That's all. Well, so let me ask you, cause you're, you're the one that's very raw for this so far. When you watch this one. for the first time, you don't time, know that we just, we literally just start doing initial thoughts, relax, calm down. When, when you watch this for the very first time, uh-huh. were you instantly smitten or uh-huh. Or was that like after seeing yeah. the totality think, of the movie? I think there's an element of, you know, because um, I didn't watch this, like I said, when it first came out. I'm pretty sure I mm-hmm. bought the Blu-ray or something on a sale and just was like, I'll, I'll throw it on. And one day me and the wife decided to throw it on. And yeah. Addington, Saturday 
night done. Yeah. <laughs> right off right off the bat, I was like, what an adorable bear. What an adorable little what a what an adorable little story we have here. And now he's just trying to find his way. He was told his family was told they're always welcome in London. And so he's just on a dream and a prayer to try and find a home since his was was taken away from him uh you know by the elements. You you know Montgomery Clyde. Nowhere in his imagination did he think that this talking bear from Peru <laughs> would make its way to London with marmalade hey. in his hat. Hey man, it might have just been a might have just been a saying, but you know. This this bear is determined. I don't know what to tell you. He's got to find a home. All right. Adding um, that talking bear. Sorry. I will say, uh, I think that there was an interesting dynamic with Mr. Brown, the, the father mm. not wanting Paddington. Um, this isn't like a new concept. In fact, I think yeah. more in like, you know, movies from the eighties and maybe early nineties, that was kind of the case. The the one that jumps to mind immediately is like Beethoven. Um, uh, although Beethoven mm. didn't talk yeah. or enjoy marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> he wasn't from Peru. <laughs> no. But yeah, he wasn't from darkest Peru. But um this I feel like that trope kind of disappeared, um, uh, maybe because it wasn't so pc or anything so it was kind of slightly refreshing to see that in this where there was like a little bit of adversity where you know this guy doesn't want paddington who you know harry is correct the sweetest little bear boy there is um why wouldn't you want paddington in your your crib um unless you're you know Hoarding your marmalade supply. Can I just throw? Can I throw a little a little note on that of why you wouldn't? Because he's a bear. Yeah, but I mean, he's Unreal. a Paddington bear. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. The, the guy, the guy without the guy without pets hates the Paddington bear. Shocking. <laughs> I I feel for it. Like I I feel for me. I feel for nickel. I feel for Mister Brown. Like in in terms of like, I we would have reacted differently. Where like my reaction would have been. Like, no, we can't bring someone else home to take care of. Like, it's another child. My reaction, if Finn would have said, let's take him home. He needs a place to live. I'm like, Finn, are you crazy? Not only is it a bear, but it has magical powers of speech. Like, any, like, no, it's a, it's a, a living creature. Like, it's an atom, like a, a killer animal. So let's take this real quick. So we're in the real world. You're flying into Philadelphia International. And you see Paddington the bear there. You're not it, taking wait, him home. Wait, did he recheck? Ah, uh, yeah, true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he confiscated that marmalade. So you're not you're not bringing him home. You're not taking a chance on helping this bear. No. Have you ever seen that second half of Zootopia when all the crazy, the fierce animals go go insane? Hans, I don't, I don't disagree with you in that my initial reaction would be, ah, ooh, eek, like, it's a bear. But as soon as I heard that sweet boy talk, then I'd say, <laughs> let's go on an adventure together. You're coming yeah. home. Let's, let's help you find your family. <laughs> let's help you find who you need to find. Not his family, but know. you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying, I, I would not bring that, that, that padding to bear home. <laughs> so, so a bear. I disagree with, uh, Mr. Brown's choice, but I, I appreciate that um, there was a difference of opinion rather than I don't just buy his story. fawning over him. Um, 
fast forwarding a little bit, we get to meet Nicole Kidman's character as the mm, on uh, one in this. Yeah, as the the villainess of the movie. Um very plainly evil. Um, you know, they kinda hint at it with all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty pretty straightforward as soon as you see her, but I think the shocking thing for me was that wig because good lord Ooh. uh not not the choice i would go with um i mean it adds I an guess, element it adds an element to the villainy yeah look yeah sure it's it's a family movie make a cartoony over the top villain yeah. i get it so give her like a, a weird headpiece but it just um What's nah, the what's the it, woman in Rocky and Bullwinkle? That reminded me a little bit of that, I guess. Uh, yeah, way. like Ivana or something. Yeah, yeah I know, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's a fair shout. Um, I don't know. There's, I don't have too much to say on the middle of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so I want to get you guys' thoughts. Uh, how about you, Hair? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, you know, like I like we were talking about a little bit with Nicole Kidman. I mean, definitely you're. I don't want to say like typical like just think of any 70s Bond villain of just like this person's rotten to the core and just a no you know wears it on their sleeve. Um, I still think it was it was a good performance and, and from that aspect it's definitely over the top. It's definitely a bit much, um, but I I enjoyed it. Um, you know you, you're you're talking about the middle of the movie. I mean you know you have the classic you know kind of. Paddington trying to find out who this this British explorer was because at this time I don't think we know it's Montgomery Clyde or the name isn't because um, Montgomery Clyde is you know shocker surprise uh, the father of Millicent you know who is Nicole Kidman plays who's the villain um, you know we later find that out you know and Paddington's just trying to discover you know he's trying to be a part of this family because it was only supposed to be for one night you know and now they're like you know trying to get him to stay and then you know, he's trying to figure out, you know, who this explorer was. And, you know, then we get the hijinks, you know, ensue. Um, you know, we get um, Millicent with, um, what was the neighbor's name? Mr. Um, uh, it wasn't Darby, was it? Mr. Mr. Curry. Sorry, I just, I, I couldn't find it. Um, you know, we get Mr. Curry who, you know, ends up trying to help her, you know, because he, he doesn't like Paddington either um you know or he's you know uh had it up to here with with the family um in regards to that so um it it's it's a movie that you know I don't you know and and not to steal a point for later when we talk about Hans's recommendation because it's a movie I love as well but you know there's there's nothing too acrobatic about the plot with this you know it's pretty straightforward it's fish out of water you know him trying to be a part of the family um, you know, the uh, the, yeah, the, the father, you know, Mr. Brown resenting the fact that, you know, they're taking him in. We don't know anything about this bear, um, you know, type, type deal. And, uh, you know, there's a taxidermist, uh, trying to kill him. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it gets pretty straightforward with, with, with that, um, you know, in regards to it, but hands, um, I mean, and, and the, the hijinks with, you know, I know, um, with the with the bathtub, you know, as he's trying to keep the house afloat um, and trying not to ruin everything. Um, with that, is there's just great set piece, you know, comedic, enjoyable design uh, for scenes there. So, 
but I'll throw I'll throw it to hands for this kind of middle section here to see if there's anything yeah. stand out for him. So once he gets in the brown house, my one of my things is okay. You know, there's there's you some hijinks. He's, gonna be, he's, he's eating all the all all the marmalade. Um, but um, first off, I thought it was you know it was funny. He was using the the, the toothbrush to clean his ears. Oh, and, classic. But then. But then I, I, I will say as a children's movie, I, I'm willing to accept that there's a, a bear Shh, movie for everybody from brother. Peru. And, you know, he's a Peruvian bear that talks. Um, but bathrooms don't fill up like that, like a fish tank. Oh, and flood out. Are we doing this? Pit. Are we really I'm doing this? Saying, if you, if you, he rode that. You really, rode, you love trolling, man. You, you're the best. <laughs> he rode that, that bathtub down there like it was a like he was at that like uh, at uh, Blue Ridge Mountain. I think that's the name of it. <laughs> Blue Mountain. <I> don't <laughs> if you blocked the um the door, I'm sure it would fill up like the crevices. But I don't yeah, think like the a tub month. would float. You just go underwater. <laughs> <laughs> they filled up in, in a matter of three minutes. I will um, say, like when I saw that scene, out the adult in me was just like, "Oh my god, the water damage!" Oh well, my, I'm yeah. sure insurance will pay for it. I but put a note on that. Like there, there should be like it, there, the mold in that house is going to be awful. Like I hope, I hope that Paddington can deal with try. house mold, water mold. Yeah, well, I hope so. I oh, don't know. Spe- speaking of which, and I don't mean to be real, but like the brown house too is. Late. Uh, <laughs> It's a pretty lovely house. What a it's lovely, great. lovely like, house. What, what do we do? <laughs> do we find out what he does? Like, is this guy? Do we find out what this I'm gonna guy say, does for a living? I'm going to say claims adjuster. That's what he looks like. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely works in an office for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Soulless. Soulless crushing office. Is it kind of like like the guy, the dad from Home Alone, where no one knows what he does, but he's definitely pulling in like like at least like two three million a year? Um, I don't know. But it doesn't matter because yeah, the, the house is very nice. Um, it, it almost can't had that, like, this is what you guys are thinking about as you watch Paddington. This is unreal. Dude, I'm sorry, I, I can appreciate <laughs> a fine piece of historical architecture. I'm talking about the other one, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just saying, like these are things I think of when I watch a movie, and I'm like, the house shouldn't flood like that. That that, that something's yeah. wrong with the structure of that house and the water. I'm sorry. Um, you think about these, you get older, and it's just like you think about like the dumb stuff. Um, You're not that much older than me, but continue. You'll, you'll <laughs> get <up>. there. <laughs> yeah, just wait. There's there's like two and a half, three years making difference. Right around the bend. Uh, um, Nicole Kidman, uh, she she's a very just goo. This I, I now I, I want to go back to your point, real actually, really quick, and then bring in like. To Greg, when you were talking about like the the Beethoven compared to Beethoven, where mm-hmm. this is this movie felt felt like a '90s movie, and that's where they did like the '90s was filled with movies like that, um, like Beethoven. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Clifford with uh, the same dad from uh, and Martin Short, same thing. Charles Grodin, yeah, Charles Grodin and Martin Short, great film by the way. Um, Problem Child, but that's another one. Problem Child, like all of them, like you bring it, you bring a. You bring someone home that doesn't fit, like they're you know they're not necessarily going to fit now. Yeah, and, Dennis and, and, Menace. <laughs> yeah, you keep, you keep the, the adorable list keeps stamp going. subgenre. Edward Scissorhands. I mean, we talked about that <laughs> the last <laughs> last show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I mean, it, it just I, I think I think it is cool to like to at least go back. Like it, it did do give an old school feel for movies that I watched in the '90s. So I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um. Nicole Kidman, she's she's Nicole. 
I, I can't really tell if Nicole Kidman's a good actress because she does roles like this where, like, it's so hammy. And she'll do Support. shows like that, the one on um, HBO, like, uh, pretty, not Pretty Little Liars, um, Big Little Things. No. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Um, Big like, little she, she's liars. a great, <laughs> she's she's a great actress, like, in some things, but then, like, she does things, she just hams it up. And that she, wig is awful. She's, it's, it's, she's very uneven for me also. Like, I weird. either love her or I hate her depending <laughs> on the performance. It's no in-between. There's an Adam Sandler movie called um, Just Go With It where he goes to Hawaii and um, and she's in it. And she's like the – not villain, but she's just supposed to not like her. And she's, she's like the same – like, <laughs> She's a taxidermist in this. It, it, yeah, like I don't know. But she she plays that, that goofy children's villain well, I, I guess. Um, you know, she, at one point she's shooting, trying to shoot Paddington in the, in the, in the museum. Like <laughs> she's like sniping him out from like the balcony. Um, so she, she definitely has issues. Um, her, her point of, uh, or the, the reveal that she was Montgomery's daughter. Um, I feel like I called that early in the movie because it just seemed like that's where it was going, but I forgot. Like, I know it wasn't like the most like unpredictable thing. Like, uh, it wasn't oh, like man, I was watching Congrats Sixth Sense. On predicting the yeah, plot. Dude, no, no, that's incredible. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't something where I'm like, I think like I was like, all right, this is. She's probably gonna have some relation to. I didn't think like maybe daughter, but maybe some kind of some kind of connection to the the whatever Montgomery Clyde. And then you I know, kind of forgot. And then when they revealed it, I'm like, oh, okay. I went back to it. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, okay. That's, uh, to, to be fair to you, Hans, there is like, you know, the usual suspect seven and it's like in Paddington, Paddington like the three Paddington. movies that everyone quotes of like, you'll never guess it, but everybody obviously always gets it. So um, <laughs> great job by you on uh, figuring Thanks, that I one figured out. Thanks, I figured it out. Between between the, the mold and the, the, the <laughs> talking bear, you really... You really nailed that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just imagine you uh, like nudging Catherine. Wake up, hon. I figured it out. <laughs> shut up. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I wasn't. I'm just. I was. I'm pointing at how predictable it was where I called it early. Yeah. But then I kind of forgot because a bunch of random too, stuff happened. Yeah. I just a bunch of random stuff happened, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> this trope has been used in mm. thousands of movies. Um. So yeah, good on me. Um. Yay. Um. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. Like I, I think this was this didn't do like just going back to what I feel like I like a lot of the set like where it transitioned from imagination or some of the like I thought visually I thought this was actually a really a really cool movie. I I, I liked some of the stuff that they did yeah. with it. it was interesting. Um, I I, the, the, I think the story wasn't you know it was is it was extremely predictable where like the int- and intolerant dad's like, no, I'm not, I don't want bringing that bear home. And the neighbor who's a, 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 a jerk and, and has to work with the villain. Um, Peter Capaldi's kind of a creep in this movie. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think as I got like the middle part of this movie, I just feel like just random stuff happens. Like at one point, Mr. Brown's dressing like a woman trying to sneak in, like sneak out those documents and, of course, Marmalade's jams up the pneumatic system because well, why would it? Um, and then it bear just like everything. I know this bear. He needs to go back to Peru. He needs to go back to Peru with his other the talking ants. So um, yeah. So hands. Just so we're clear on your policy on immigration, <laughs> you think everyone should go back to where they came from? Is that what you're <laughs> oh, saying? Oh, oh here we go. All right. All right. <laughs> I just kidding, just, just saying, trying to clarify. No. Okay. Um, right. I'm just saying. That you're a talking bear, yeah. I'm sure that you're a talking bear in the middle of London where you shouldn't be. 
You should not be talking or feeding pigeons. Wearing um, human clothes. Wearing a hat. <laughs> wearing a hat from Peru. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I, I don't know. I just felt like this movie. It, it's very. It's a very like stereotypical kids live action adaptation of a, a story that already exists. Like goofy things like of course, oh the bear stuck his stuck the toothbrush in his ear. <laughs> oh slapstick. Um but I will say the one thing I thought was really funny, I actually laughed pretty out loud on was when um they were having the most um uh anticlimactic car chase uh and the 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 uh the sat nav or GPS says bear left a hundred yards, and then he looks out the window, and the bear's like a hundred yards to his left, floating. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, that's I don't know. I just wanted to point that out. Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. It just <laughs> this was just felt like I I I think I don't know if I lived up to the hype because a lot of people love Paddington. Uh, one is on this podcast. Uh, they love. They will go to war for Paddington, and I, I think I might have got maybe got caught up in the hype. Um, I was talking to Sean today, and he said that he adores Paddington one and two. Yeah. Um, so uh, the one I guy that gave Paddington words he used were "ride or die." <laughs> he uh, yeah. his his exact words were when we were talking about Paddington two was because it had a near perfect rating on Rotten Tomatoes. He said the one person that gave him a negative ne- negative review should get the death penalty. I said, "All right." <laughs> um, I'm going back to my desk. Call it like you see uh, it, brother. We're Call still it like talking you see about it. the same Paddington too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, that's deep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like the middle part. Once it gets to like the end, I just this is where other this is where like the end kind of loses me because not, like humans shouldn't even be in the position that Paddington was in, and it just seemed like it, they, I feel like these kids' movies really just go to the extremes in these ridiculous situations. And I think that's where I kind of maybe got lost in that last like 20 minutes. I can't wait to talk about our next film in 2057 where the sun is burning, uh, you know, in the realistic movie that is sunshine. Spoiler. Um, Listen, it's in the title, brother. It's in the title. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Uh, Uh, All right. Well, let's let's skip past the middle did you have any other thoughts there hands or no i don't think so okay um we get to the end did, did we mention the bear talks yeah okay his bear name talks. is paddington stuff <laughs> happens um look i mean it look the story is pretty typical um i do think that the dialogue in this movie was hilarious. Um, and I think that, unfortunately, the physical comedy did not hold up its end of the deal. Um, at times, it seemed a bit too kiddy. And I know that we're talking about a family movie. So, like, I get it. But kind of echoing what Hans's sentiment was, um, we had a few folks riding the hype train for this i know that you have a lot of love for this harry and you've talked it up and so i was excited to share in that and see that but it just it did not hit the same for me and i think Mm. i don't know like the the beginning really sold me and then when he gets to london things just kind of become a little more formulaic and not I think that this movie is better than the average family movie. Uh, Yes, better than the average bear also. Um, 
And clearly he likes picnics, but just with marmalade sandwiches. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't know that there was enough to put it over the edge where I'm like, this is a great movie. Mm. I think with some tweaks, it, it probably could be. So I am going to watch Paddington 2 at some point because I want to see how this progresses and where it goes from here. But um, is, is Nicole Kidman in Paddington 2, Harry? Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it, so don't yeah, Google don't, it. Don't give any reveals away. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think I was looking for a little more whimsy, a little more warm and fuzzy, and just less generic. Um, Quick question: and, You both have children. Yeah. Did you watch it with your children? No. No. She would Jeez not want to watch Louise. this. Yeah, okay. this this is too um I, it, I this is the same why I'm not thinking Finn the Wonka is because it's not it's gonna it's too live actiony like he doesn't he he's more mm. hooked yeah. into animated animated yeah, yeah. So stuff. So you guys are you guys are bad parents. I noted on my uh, card here. So yes, I appreciate I, okay. it. Bad parent. I didn't yeah. take. Yeah, Finn can't wait till Paddington. you're watching Frozen a million and a half times. Yeah, and get now. buckle up. I hope you like Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Let's, let's uh. see how your girl yeah. likes Paddington. Yeah, all right. You're yeah, gonna you're gonna you're gonna turn it off in 15 seconds. Yeah. Can't wait till you curious. know the, the the racing records of Doc Hudson and uh and Lightning McQueen. Um, as far as performances go, I think uh for me Sally Hawkins was like clearing away the winner she she played this to me very um how do i even say it i don't i, I don't know you know hands mentioned perfect. yeah it, it, hey you know what let's let's do it i i would say she she played it perfectly um i really enjoyed her from the shape of water a vastly different movie from this mm. but um i think also that, was a yeah, talking she, uh no, we've covered that. Yes, An- anthropomorphic, <laughs> um, different type of love at, in that relationship. Yeah, but um, less familial. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think Sally Hawkins was just fantastic in here. She was very endearing, very warm and welcoming and motherly, and um, she just for what the role called for, she knocked it out of the park. Um, and I don't. It's I don't know. It's kind of weird to say, but like when when I watched her, I didn't feel like, oh, hey, I'm watching a family movie. It's like, no, yeah. I'm watching someone that genuinely cares about the welfare of a stranger. So. Yeah. Um, can I make a little comment about um <clears throat> her character? Um, just to go on, she should not be Long fit as- to have children because or be in the part because there's a there's a comment in the beginning of the movie when she's first introduced about how she like jumped in to a lake or something naked and was like, I, without her clothes on. And it was, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I was watching yeah. the right version of Paddington. And like, she made a comment to like her, her daughter. And I was like, wait a minute. What? Like it was some like event where the girl was like, well, you didn't have to take your, your, like your clothes off. And I'm like, excuse me. So, um, uh, I was paying attention to the little dialogue parts. Uh, just glad that was your know. takeaway. From, I'm from just saying, I'm like, she just seemed like, she seemed like a very um, free spirit that I, I, I hope her kids are okay now. Well, there uh, you go. Free spirits can be good parents. I'm not saying they can't be, but just, I, she might be a little, uh, taking bears in, jumping in, whatever, naked. I'm going to, I got to look this up because I, I've got to, I forgot what the dialogue You have to be ashamed of the human body. 
hands. I want to. I, I wish <laughs> I could bear be hit. I wish I could be hit in the head with a baseball bat while we do this pod right now, but I don't think that's going to happen. So continue. It's <laughs> my favorite episode we've done. I never thought I, I I may not I I may not ride or die for Paddington, but this is this is going to be the one. This is mm-hmm. if they do podcast awards, we should submit this one. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts, hands on the end of the no, movie um, or just in general? The mm-hmm. ending, I honestly thought I, I for a for a minute I was concerned that Paddington when he threw the marmalade sandwich at Nicole Kidman, I was really I I forgot it was a kids movie for a second because I thought she was going to fall off the building and die, and. I was I, I I didn't even think of the fact that I she falls and I'm like this is a oh my god like, <laughs> dude but but I was like I, I was like legit like oh my god did they just kill her and then I realized I'm like oh she's holding on to a pole I'm like they're not gonna kill like she would have fell you know it's a kids movie she would have fallen to like a dumpster or trash or something or something something goofy but I legit thought that they were going to um the way this she was just sniping them from the little balcony like trying to shoot them and then she's gonna kill the whole family and then and 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 stuff them like she's going to be human taxidermy. And then I thought Paddington, like he was going to have a body count. He was, but Paddington was going to have a, a kill count. And I was really concerned. Was, and then those are like, two different things just for the record. So. I understand. Well, no, uh, yeah. Glad you clarified. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Sally Hawkins anyway, was no, in this movie. <laughs> just mute yourself at this point. <laughs> yeah. Shape of water um, too. Yeah. Shape of marmalade. Um, no, I'm just saying it, it got really like dark towards the end, but some of these kids movies do that. Um, I will say final thoughts. I, and Harry, I know I, I, you know, made a lot of comments on this and made it seem like I was not a fan of Paddington. I, I didn't hate it. I, I really didn't. I thought it was a good kids movie. Yeah. Not a classic. Not a great. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say classic, anyway. but it's up there. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it up there with the reigns of Winnie the Pooh. It's definitely better than that Yogi Bear with Dan Aykroyd movie that came out uh, a previous few years the before high this. Bar, brother. <clears throat> Just throwing that out there. So it is better it's than that Bear movie. Um, I don't know why I pulled that out. I don't. I have no idea. I, I remember where I, I was working at the theater when that came out, and I had to watch. I had to screen that like four times. Yeah, had to watch four times. <laughs> I had to watch the prints because they, in case they were scratched. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or, yeah uh, we were, we were expecting we were expecting lines out the door love, for Yogi Bear. You love Yogi Bear. <laughs> God, I can't, I can't believe they make me watch this again. Watch this for the third time at two a.m. Oh, can't I'll be in Yogi Bear if you guys need me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If the lines get too long, just come into the theater too. I'm watching Yogi Bear. <laughs> um, I, I just I'll, I'll I'll put my rating on this. I go three out of five. Um, you know, it's not not it's not great. It's good. Um, but you know, maybe Paddington will change my mind. I, not. But. Did you guys watch this with your wives? Did you guys watch it with your wives? Do you know where uh, I watched this today, Harry? <laughs> Boy, during, I don't sad, think you want to say. Sad car nap? Say. Yeah, I don't. No, it wasn't during a sad car nap. Um, when I was some of it when I was sitting in traffic on thirty eight, and then nice. um, and then when I got home at work, just Riley just was sleeping Paul on me. King and in, in, intended it, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just, um, he wanted me to watch yeah. it on thirty eight and um and seventy three. Yeah. Whenever there was a backup. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I got two near forty year old men saying, "I have a wife." 
I have a child. I'm not going to watch it with either of them. I will well, no. watch it alone. No, I didn't say- when I started watching it, and she said, "What are you watching?" I said, "Paddington," and she said, "Why?" <laughs> and I said, "I said it was left. a podcast," and Harry was the one that suggested it, and she said, "Oh, okay," and then left. <laughs> and the uh, door closed. The front door closed <laughs> behind him, and she hasn't been yeah. home since. <laughs> uh, was that a suitcase, babe? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had it. Did you take Aria with you? Unreal. <laughs> hate here i told i didn't say i'm not gonna watch it with finn i'm not gonna watch with finn right now i gotta be honest i think this might be my last never i've ever seen um (laughs) i don't want any recommendations from you guys i'm not giving out any more recommendations church man tell us why this this hit for you um you know there's there's definitely something in my older age that i've become accustomed to with just uh allowing movies to just flow through me um and you know not have my critic hat on and just enjoy films um you know you guys mentioned sean earlier sean was the one who was who put me on the paddington movies um and i will say this greg you know i'm happy that you are saying you will watch the second one that was i would say the main goal i know i'm probably slightly higher on this than the average bear um in regards to this i'm I'm sure you know listen put it a three and a half a four star movie you're probably right um the lack of disrespect for the for paddington is uh been noted on this uh occasion i will remember this uh moving forward um but to go back to the film it's just it's such a delightful sweet movie to me you know i i jokingly mentioned immigration and and homelessness a little bit earlier but you know uh those are things i thought a lot about during the movie is is you know paddington takes the place for that um in a way in a you know in a serious way um for it and to just see topics that we talk about in society um and people have such you know staunch viewpoints that you know we shouldn't accept people into our country or you know, into our homes. Um, they shouldn't be given opportunities, you know, and that's something that I don't want to say it's, it's hard for me, but it's something where you see it so negatively posed in, you know, certain lights uh, in the media or in society. And uh, the fact that, you know, they took this little bear in, um, gave him a home, you know, and for him to write how, you know, to his aunt Lucy, how happy he is. Um, there it just uh it it still gets to me um if i'm being honest you know i'm I'm ashamed to say i wept a couple tears i'm sorry that didn't happen for you guys um in regards to it i understand it you know there's listen there's certain movies that i think hit everybody differently you know we we joke around about you know some of the disney product and we joked around about elemental but you know uh there's definitely other classic disney you know I, i don't know how you could be a real human and sit through toy story three and get to that ending and not, uh, be bawling your eyes out. Um, you know, and just relating to children's movies, but, uh, you know, there's a five star for me. Um, I know again, I'm probably slightly higher, um, than the average bear, uh, on it. Uh, but you know, it's just, and I will say there probably is an element here of Lord of the Rings where it's, you know, I rate all three of those movies five stars. And, you know, if you want to get nitpicky, you could, you know, critique that or, you know, and 
Um, I will say probably I w- not probably I will say Paddington two is definitely the stronger of the two films. Um, but this one, you know, just uh, is you know delightful and so enjoyable. Um, and I had a great time with it. So uh, glad you guys me, uh, liked it. Let me ask one other question. Of yeah. You. So. And I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, taking the, the critic hat off and everything. But this is something that I'm guilty of on occasion. Yeah. Do you think the circumstances of when you viewed it played any part on on your rating? So, like, what I mean by that mm. is you, you mentioned you watched it with Jill, right? Yeah. Do, do you think, like, maybe that was just a fond night to remember and you had a great time watching the movie and you're with good company and stuff like that? As opposed well, to if you had no, just seen I, this in the theater on your own, like, hey, let me go check this out on a Sunday night. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. There's definitely mm-hmm. there's definitely an element, I think, that um, – then that's why I say, like, I, I think I'm slightly higher, you know, mm-hmm. like the, those points that you that you make there. There's definitely an element of that with a, with a lot of movies. I think about Oppenheimer. I bought the 4K of it, and it's like, do I want to watch it on my TV? You know what I mean? Like, you know, sure. do I, do I want to – not taint the memories of, of watching it, but like knowing that I watched it in the best possible format possible. Um, you know, the Lord of the Rings is a special movie to me. I mean, um, you know, you guys were at my wedding and you know, uh, the song Jill walked out to in, in regards to a tribute to Lord of the Rings. And, um, you know, it was the kind of the first series we watched together. Um, it's beautiful. You know, it means a lot. The Gollum song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was just him trying, you know, the part where he vomits up. That's yeah. that's what it was. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> Brought a tear to my eye. Um, no, that definitely has an element. And that's why you know I asked the questions of you guys of like, listen, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Arya or Finn would have been enthralled by it. Maybe they check out and maybe they bother you, and you're like, hey, I, I got to pause this. I'm not going to be able to finish it. But I think it would have been worth a shot. Um, but hey, listen, we uh, we have to make the time for what we uh, need to do. So. Um, but yeah, I, no, I definitely think that colors the score. Like I said, I listen. My Chris's three stars, I got a real big problem with, but that's mm-hmm. not surprising. Uh, you're three and a half. I was like, okay, that's you know, three and a half to oh, four. Hold on, hold on. I yeah. didn't say my score yet. <laughs> well, I'm just listen. You I know, give you it post, three and a half stars. You posted it on Letterbox, bro. Like I don't well, know what you want me that, to do. That is true. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I I get it from that aspect, but you know, I think. Listen, there's definitely certain movies, but I've also I also will say I think, you know, just as a point of what the way we've been talking about the movie, I think sometimes there is an element of just is there a popcorn, you know, vibe to this where it's just, oh yeah, you know, shocking. Some people in the family, you know, one member of the family doesn't want the bear, but everybody wants the bear. Oh, there's a silly villain. Is it for me like? Yes, but Sometimes I think those movies are okay if they're if done right, and I think this does it right. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, yes, my score is three and a half uh, out of five. Five I, stars, I, baby. I I'm I'm short of calling it great. I think great is reserved for four stars and above. But this is definitely above average for a family movie. Um, and like I said, I. I look forward to checking out the next one and three and a half for me. That is usually rewatchable territory. So like I might pop this on in a couple of years with Aria and see how things change for me. 
I will I will say too, uh, I'll be interested to hear when you guys watch the second one and listen, we're just gearing up for the third one when it comes out. So we'll, we'll mm. have the pod hot mm-hmm. and ready. I um I looked this up while we were talking and it's too far away. I was re- I really cannot wait until Paddington makes it into public domain. Um because Paddington got blood marmalade. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, I'm gonna write a script for a uh, a Paddington John Wick type movie with Paddington. So just keep in 30 years when it goes in the public domain. Look out for Hanratty's fan fiction. Paddington meets <laughs> yeah, when, when I'm 68. It's 2054, right. by the way. Well, let's let's move on to talking about a good movie. Oh, let's go. Oh, sick yeah. burn. Yeah, just, let's I'm let's brighten this podcast up. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so Harry mentioned it, hands, it was in the title, but what was the movie that you picked for me? I picked, uh, 2007 Sunshine. Me and hands sold this one together, by the way. We sure did. that. We held hands. for you guys. We did not see Paddington together. We might might have smooched a little, too. That's off the record. Don't blame you. I didn't put that in my notes. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, Sunshine released in 2007, directed by Danny Boyle. Starring Killian Murphy, Hiroyuki Sonata, Chris Evans, Benedict Wong, Michelle Yeoh, Rose Byrne, and Mark Strong. Holy smokes, what a cast. I had no idea that this film was such a uh, a great cast, such an ensemble. Um, so the basic premise here is a team of international astronauts is sent on a dangerous mission to reignite the dying sun with a nuclear fission bomb in the year 2057. Um, Very interesting. Uh, As far as sci-fi goes, you know, it's not too dissimilar from, hey, group of astronauts on a mission, we got to accomplish this to save the Earth, right? That's nothing new. Um, But within that basic framework, there's little ways to play around with things and kind of make it different. And uh, I think Sunshine did that well enough. Um, the tech seemed pretty grounded for the most part, which I enjoyed. It actually kind of gave me vibes from uh, the original Alien in that definitely felt grounded, felt like lived in, and also somewhat obtainable for the near future. I mean, at this point, probably not, but you know, not by 2057 anyway, but um, within the next hundred years, who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Um, also interesting take from the ship's psychologist, I think it was, Searle, uh, about staring at the sun and being bathed at the light as kind of like a way to woo-saw yourself. Um, you know, we catch him doing that at the beginning of the movie, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, I don't know that I would choose staring at the sun even with sunglasses on, but hey, you know, if he's got a thing for it, so be it. Um, <clears throat> you know, similar to my review with Paddington, I'm not going to talk too much about the plot of the movie itself. If you haven't seen this, by all means, check it out. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, they have on the ship, speaking of tech, a Earth room, uh, which is very similar to a holodeck from Star Trek. And boy, I I want this to be a reality so bad. <laughs> I wish you could just I know VR is a thing, but I wish you could just walk into a room without any headset or haptic gear or anything like that and just 
be fully immersed in 3D in whatever setting that you want. Um, and I love that they they use this like in in Star Trek they use it a lot for like uh, recreation, right? Like it's um, you know, hey, I want to go be an active participant in my favorite novel, and here's chapter X of this. But in here, they actually, uh, in the instance that we see it, I mean, it could be used for um, recreation, but the instance we see it, it was actually used for therapy, where it's like, hey, I want to go and enjoy the waves crashing, and that'll be used to soothe me and calm me down. It's like, oh, man, rather than just listening to, like, white noise of the ocean crashing, imagine, like, being there at your favorite spot and just, you know, taking it all in. Um, So I really wish... (laughs) technology existed um there's one scene where we see the planet mercury and uh <laughs> watching that just had me tripping out i don't know what it was about the uh the cg there but it's very interesting um i liked a lot of the interplay with the cast they felt very much like a crew um and the way that they played off each other do kind of wish we got a little more of Michelle Yeoh's Corazon, uh, just because I love Michelle Yeoh. But um, overall, she was really good in the part that uh, the parts that we saw her in. Those are basic thoughts on the beginning of the movie. Your beginning, yeah. Thought. I mean, I think uh, one of the things that was interesting right off the bat with this film, or that was intriguing back in two thousand seven, um, <clears throat> you know, is uh, this. It wasn't doing that well at the box office, but it was like I just kept hearing people like, oh, have you seen Sunshine? And when I say people, it would, you know, working at a movie theater, you kind of talk to other associates or you get to know some of your, you know, fellow moviegoers. And they're just like, yeah, not bad. Solid, solid pick. And, you know, I think that was probably the appeal for for me and Hans um, in regards to wanting to check this out. And. Uh, Alex Garland, who he wrote 28 Days Later, um, you know, since then he's done Annihilation, which I know Hans has talked about a lot, and Ex Machina, uh, a film that I love uh, from 2014, which is um, worth checking out that he actually directed. So, and uh, I believe he's currently working on a sequel um, to 28 Days Later now, if I'm not mistaken, in regards to, um, yeah, you know, jumping out right. ahead in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... And there was also, you know, with with Danny Boyle, uh, I was a huge, huge fan. I know not everybody is, but uh, I mean, obviously, of 28 Days Later, but um, of also uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Um, That was a big one for me. So to have a director like him making a movie that, you know, isn't really. I mean, I know that did well because of the Oscar nominations and because it won the Oscars and, you know, was kind of riding that wave. But to have a movie like his come out and. uh, I'll use a very niche reference here. Put me put in B wing um, at Nishamini, where you know it's a smaller house size theater of, of seventy seater. Um, and I think one of the other things that just stands out for me with this movie out over the years, you know, we're talking what sixteen years at this point, um, is the cast. Um, you know, it's actually kind of funny sometimes when we nominate these movies. Um, you know, I, I nominated Paddington, which has Paul King, who just, you know, had, had Wonka come out, um, you know, and we're talking, you know, Oscar talk today and we're talking about um, Killian Murphy being nominated 
you know, for best lead actor and, and he's in this. So I always find it funny when those things come up and, you know, you had mentioned a bunch of the other names and I think what really stands out is I think the, you know, you mentioned the interplay with the cast, especially early on where they each kind of have their moment where we're kind of going through the ship and, and visiting each one of them in their, I don't want to say their habitat, but like in their abilities with the ship or, you know, whatnot. And um, we're getting to know them and, you know, it's such, it's such an interesting concept to, to, you know, like you said, it's pretty straightforward. Hey, there's a problem in space and we need to send this special team with our last resources to save earth and, you know, do this for everybody. Um, and kind of the, what I think would, would it be really interesting not to jump ahead in the conversation for it, but like if this movie had just stayed on the fact of like, you know, do these guys think this is worth the trip or the risk that they're taking? Like you probably could have done the whole movie with the, you know, uh, what eight of them, um, kind of, you know, running through the, sh like running to the sun and, you know, discussing and debating on if this is what we should do or, you know, Hey, we're risking our lives. Is this going to be worth? Like, I don't know. There there's, you just could have kept all, like, you could have, minimize the story and how big it gets throughout the movie um and just kind of focused it all on this in my opinion um but yeah those those are kind of the the highlights and and like you said greg the the tech where you're kind of just like you know you've either seen it before or it has a little different take on it and um one of the big things that i you mentioned uh vr i'm, I'm really big on augmented reality i think that's something that will be more present sooner than obviously vr um as you talked about the challenges with that but um yeah being in a place like that where it's just like hey how do i i'm having a stressful day how can i relax like just imagine going in your car and it's like all of a sudden you know the windshield and the windows and it all turns into an ocean and you're just kind of sitting by your favorite beach spot or whatever um but yeah i think um you know i wouldn't have been upset if we had spent the whole movie with these guys and just kind of the debates on what they're doing or their travels or the disagreements because they, the, the cast is so strong that I think it could have easily uh, gone that way with, uh, with the film. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the one looking back, I, you know, you watch a lot of movies now in hindsight with, with some of these up and coming actors like Killian Murphy, Chris Evans. I mean, at the time Chris Evans did, I think the only thing he really had on under his belt was not another team movie, which came out, I think like 2003 or 2004. And he might've been casted as captain America, but captain America didn't come out yet. So this was still yes. prior to this was post fantastic four though. I mean, right. I mean, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, I forgot about them. Yeah. This yeah. was post fantastic. They're 4. forgettable. So, so it's all right. He wasn't, he wasn't necessarily like a household name, I guess yet in terms of, in terms of that type of movie. And you know, even Killian Murphy had done Batman begins um, at this point. And yeah. I think that's and 28 days later. So another Danny Boyle movie. Um, so he was another one who wasn't necessarily a household name where now, I mean, two of them, they're two of the biggest, I, don't, I would say the biggest stars on the planet, but you know, in terms of recognizable, um, I mean, one being probably one of the, one of the, like, I mean, working with Christopher Nolan multiple times and Chris Evans, who's coming off the biggest franchise of ever, of ever. Ghosted. That's right. And, um, Shut up. Um, what was <laughs> Shut up. Gray Man. Um, Gray Man. That was what I was thinking. Yeah, oh. Gray Man franchise. Um, yeah, he's uh, he, he, uh, with he only does movies, movies with a G in it now. That's he a... better hope Secret Wars comes out I'm soon. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, oh, and then like even like 
even like what was it? I was gonna say glass uh, onion, but he wasn't in there. He was knives he was out. Not, no, that yeah. was the other one. The knives out. Yeah, the <laughs> other one. Knives out. The G is silent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like even like names like Rose Byrne now, who I know was she was kind of uh, she was a younger actress, but. I mean, I've seen more things with Rose Byrne late, like recently, where like Neighbors. Um, there's a show on Apple TV that she's involved, like she's in with Seth Rogen, um, and, and these are all just like. But then you also have some of the other people who were in like Cliff Curtis, Michelle Yeoh, like some names that are kind of already established. So it's a really good connection, and even Mark Strong, who I he I didn't know who Mark Strong was. I think before this, I think Kickass came out. I think a little bit after this. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he had somewhat of a, a of a, a good acting career up until then. Um, I, I really, um, I don't know. I, I, one of the reasons I picked this is because I have referenced it a lot. And I know we were talking about sci-fi movies where I, I, I put this in, in one of my top sci-fi movies of all time. Um, I, I think this is just a, a unique concept to, to kind of think about where, you know, we do have, you take movies like Armageddon and Deep Impact, like let's take astronauts and, and they have to save the Earth, like blow up a meteor. Um, and, and this is this is more of, of – this isn't really – there's some action in it and there's a, there's a lot of drama. But this is more like the psychological um, effects of if you're sending a team to do what seems to be a uh, a suicide mission to – you know how they're gonna like how they're responding because i forget when we, when the story picks up of how long they were in space for and i'm sure they tell you and I, I i forgot to write it down um but they're spending all this time together doing a, a, doing something that should in our minds now is not possible is going to the sun which is the the hottest thing in our solar system um so i think you get to see the psychological damage that it's causing you know chris evans's character um you know kappa goes through some things of just being in kind of some withdrawal from his family um and this the these this is their new family um so i think the the cast is you really get to see an idea of, of, of if you and anyone who's listening if you haven't seen any earlier works from like chris this is chris evans really did some jokey stuff before this but this is probably his first serious role that he did killian murphy same thing where i mean he did 28 days later and and batman begins at the time um this was um this was another one where you get to see a lot of the acting talent that was like where these actors almost started and and i think they they mesh so well together i mean they're they all they are they're all coming up in hollywood at the same time um and then to take a unique story like Alex Garland, who Harry mentioned Annihilation, which is one of my favorite movies in the past 10 years that I probably won't rewatch because it, it legit gives me anxiety. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's a very uncomfortable movie, but um, I actually just started reading the books, um, the book series on it. But it is um, it, it just you, you, there a lot of things came together with this, um, you know, take a good writer, take a good director and you have a, a, an up and coming cast who just showed what they're capable of. Um, you know, the holodeck stuff, I, 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 that, I won't, don't want to say that was so advanced. I think that was more realistic of, you know, mentioning Star Trek of how they have the holodeck on there. That was more definitely very far into the future. I mean, 2057 is not a, it, 30 years away, which doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, Paddington will be on uh, public domain at the time. So we'll see what comes, happens then. But, um, but I think it, it 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 is it's I don't I I don't consider that the future at this point. That's just it's in 
terms of time, that's right around the corner. So this, they, they put a, a, like a more realistic spin on some of the stuff that we have. Um, it's nothing too super advanced. I mean, there's AI on the ship, but you know, to have the thing to put you into certain scenarios where you like comfort zones or therapy. Um, I mean that, that stuff probably exists now. We have it on our phones and, and like some calming stuff and, and, you know, you can do something somehow. Um, but I, I just, I think, I think it, it, it's so, it, this is probably one of the first science fiction movie that I saw that wasn't like Star Wars type related. And I think this is more got me stretched into science fiction on an independent, I, I guess this is, would you consider it classified as as independent? Maybe. I don't know. I think 20th um, Century Fox released it. So I guess. Huh. Maybe not, but like they probably didn't throw a lot of money towards it. This is probably... oh, sorry, I said 20th century, but uh, Fox Searchlight. So yeah, I would say it's oh well. I would say it leans towards that uh, independence there. So like I I didn't think in terms of sci-fi. I always watch it with Star Wars, um, whatever, like you know superhero movies. So this was to more uh, to more to a movie that leans on science more than the fiction part. Um, I thought it, I thought, it, you know, it really interests me and the performances are great. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about a bunch about those, but, um, I, I think it keeps you on your, on your toes because knowing that this is such an original concept, even though it, it's a similar stories have been done, you get to see just how, you know, some of the other struggles that they're having, it's not necessarily, you know, once they dock with the Icarus one, then it just becomes a whole different movie to be honest. Like it gets, it gets wild. Um, and I think I know that I know that loses a lot of people. And once we once we get into a little more details, it loses a lot of people towards the end of the movie. Um, it doesn't necessarily it kind of dodge it, it, it. It moves away from sci-fi and becomes slasher type, I guess, if you want to kind of call it. Um, but I don't know. I, this is this always stuck with me, and I and I you know I have it on DVD, and I've I've watched it many many times. Like I usually maybe maybe every year I'll try and watch it once. Um, but yeah, I mean, my initial thoughts, this is, you know, seeing it with Harry, I, I, this was the first time that, that really got me into like independent, independent movies in, in general. So yeah. What other thoughts you got? Um, well, so one thing, you know, maybe not independent, but Harry, you mentioned it where it's like this, this is the type of movie that kind of like flies under the radar. And like another one I can think of that's like comparable to this is rain of fire like i've never seen rain of fire mm. but like a lot of my friends are like oh you've never seen that like check it out but like you don't you don't hear the the greater mass of people talking about oh like check out rain of fire check out sunshine but like it's kind of got i hesitate to say like cult status because that seems like that would be like massive yeah. also but um but yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, oh man, I wish I had known about this sooner. <laughs> um, so within the movie, a decision comes up where um, a distress call is received from a uh, basically the the station or the ship that um, tried carrying out this mission originally, the Icarus One, and the crux of the decision is: do we stray from our mission? And help out the people on Icarus One find out what's going on there. Um, this is obviously an important mission because we're we have the fate of the Earth and we're the last best. Nothing hope. is more important. <laughs> exactly. But 
maybe if we go to the Icarus one, uh, we could get the bomb in case this one that we have doesn't work. And we happen to also have the bomb with all of the the remaining resources from Earth. We can't make another one. Yeah, this is so. It. The decision is: Do we stray to go check out Icarus One, or stick to the path and continue the mission? And ultimately, in the movie, they decide to go to Icarus One. The decision is left up to uh, Kappa, uh, uh, Killian Murphy's character, and he ran statistical stim- uh, simulations to see if it made sense and you know they basically it, it was unanswerable because of the um the various factors involved uh but they decided to to get it um to get the second bomb just in case and my question to you guys and i'll answer first but would you detour and go and get the bomb if you were in this position and the fate of, you know, everything was left up to you and you were the one guy that had to make that call, would you? Now, obviously, we know how the movie works out and everything, but trying to block that from your mind, um, I don't think I would. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I, I went back and forth on this and I thought, yeah, it really, you know, the, the materials for the second bomb would be nice. And obviously, there's the human element of things we want to... Uh, see how that crew is, but a significant amount of time had passed. I want to say it was like six or seven years since the Icarus yeah. One went dark, and I don't think detouring justified it. And my thought process on that would be if something happened where this bomb, God forbid, didn't work that was on the Icarus Two let's make another ship and then we'll go up and do a rescue mission on Icarus one, gather the bomb and, and go from there. But, um, cause they couldn't make any more bombs. So you would have to get that one. But I just, I don't think the risk was worth the effort. Uh, Hans, are you making the detour? All right. So you look at, there's two things. It's a, it's basically like hope first logic. So mm-hmm. the logical point would be to go get two bombs. And make the stop, get two bombs, and you know I I think um, Searle, whoever um, he he says the best. He's like two bombs is better than one. Um, and the other side of hope is what you have. You know, don't deter. Stick as the plan, and you hope that it works before. Either way, you're gonna kind of regret. You're gonna live with regret either way because if it doesn't work, the 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 sun doesn't reignite. Then you're kind of like, all right, well, maybe we should have went back. So I don't know. I think it's from just how I think about, like, I, I, I guess I never thought, well, I've many times I watched that movie of saying, should I go back or should I, should we continue on? I think my mind is saying to probably, if I was going in a, in a, in a ship like that towards the sun, I would assume I'm not coming back. I, I would really just assume that there's no, there's no return. But it wasn't, Okay, so I get your point, but it wasn't labeled a suicide mission. They had supplies for I, a return, right? And and but my mind would be, I'm I'm hurtling towards the sun, mm-hmm. and uh, my chances of survival, even if I have the available the necessities to return to Earth, my thought process would be, and I wouldn't tell everyone this, like, hey, see you later, it's been fun. I I my my thought process would be, I'm going on this mission with 
a higher chance of not returning, completing the mission and not returning than than going, dropping the bomb and coming back. Because a couple different things of why I would probably go for the two is say if it doesn't if if you hit the um if you drop the payload into the sun and it doesn't work. By the time you get back to Earth Pretty much everything you probably have back there isn't surviving and probably dead and Earth is probably destroyed anyway. So you're going back to basically a graveyard or at that point, the the, the, the Earth is going to freeze. So I don't know if I'd want to like I, I don't know if I'd want that trip knowing back going back knowing that I'm not like I'm going back to just my like not just my death but i'm god knows what i'm going back to to see a, a, a frozen planet um that i'm not going to be able to survive on um i mean there's no guarantee that like my loved ones would still be alive um so i would go i would look at it and say i'd rather have two bombs than one and then just yep it's been fun earth okay Hair? So. um i'm Kind of a, I'm pretty much a rule follower. So, like, if we were told like nothing stops your mission, uh, you go for it. Uh, you know, this is what you have to do. Like, nothing should stop you from doing this. I would probably toe that line. But the moment that it gets mentioned, like, what if the bomb doesn't work and we go all the way out there and it doesn't work? Like, shouldn't we get another one just in case? That's where I think I would veer and be like, do you, like, I get upset your brain, now. You- your brain would be like, turn on and be like, Hmm, you got a point. Yeah. <laughs> like like right. I get upset now when it's like, Hey, I plan to be somewhere by four thirty, And the only thing that's going to stop me from getting there at four thirty is if there's somehow an accident or traffic on the road. And then the case would be like, well, maybe you should leave earlier to do that. And it's like, well, no, I left the time I left. Like, you know, I can't stop that now. Like the only thing that could happen is external factors that are out of my control. So, like if you uh, run into well, a talking bear from Darkest Peru at the yeah, listen, I gotta take station. him. I gotta take him with me. Yeah, um, his name is Paddington, by the way. I would. I think I would divert. I think I would go. You know, I think a lot of the things of like, hey, we could get resources from there. We could do this, that, or the other. We could be set up. Now, the only other concern would be is like, what happened to the Icarus one? Um, you know, like maybe you know. How do we like, but you know, they have the distress signal and that's where I think the, the ears perk up where it's like, they need help, um, in regards to that. So I think I would make the play to, uh, divert. I think that'd be the call. I guess horror movies and sci-fi movies don't exist in this universe because well, like, clearly I guess you would have a bad feeling about this. I, hey, hold on. Let me, let me pull like, up alien guys. Let's take a look. Yeah. Like, and to, to, to. I guess to your point is uh, if you're on that mission and you're looking at logic of saying, okay, maybe two bombs, you're going to dock with Icarus one. Something could have mechanically gone wrong that you don't know and it and killed the crew. You're, I think the last thing in your mind is that someone sabotaged the mission and, and got rid of the crew. Well, like, I, I would not think of that. They don't, they remind me, they don't find out how long the distress signal has been going until they six like, years, get there, I right? think they say. I think they yeah, say. Yeah, but they don't, they don't realize don't that's like not part of the yeah, argument. You know what I mean? It was missing like, for, I think they lost yeah. contact six years prior. So, so right. So, and I think they <laughs> use, to my understanding, and, and I might have missed this, is I think Pinbacker uses the distress call to get, hopefully, to get the Icarus. So, like, he's the one that sends the distress yeah, call out. Lure. 
Yeah. 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 Um, which, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Well, um, now that yeah. we did this little thought experiment, um, we could say, yeah, ultimately it works out in the end, but not without cost because yeah. we have uh, Captain Canada played by Hiroyuki Sonata. His death. Uh, you know, one of the things when they decide to divert Benedict Wong, he's got a million different things running through his mind, has to calculate um, trajectories and shields and all this stuff. And oopsie, forgot the shields for half a second, which leads to a bunch of damage to the ship and the captain and uh, and Kappa end up going out to fix it. A um, couple things with this. Number one. For a sci-fi movie set in space about astronauts, this was only like one of two scenes actually in space, which was a little yeah. disappointing to me. Because um, I, I like, like anytime you get those spacewalk scenes and like gravity's a big one because they spend a lot of time out in space. Um, I get like, I get it's it's kind of like being on a roller coaster for me like the anxiety gets ratcheted up but i also kind of like love that feeling uh it i love the tension of just being a hair's breadth away from slipping out into the endless void right like it's uh it's a very dramatic um tool to be used and they don't really use it a lot in here not to say that's a knock against it cuz i do enjoy the movie but um spoiler alert but uh I just I found it interesting that they didn't actually go out into space proper um, often in the film. So that was the first thought. The second thought, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's human error that's going to happen. So when they divert, all of this ends up leading to uh, Canada's death. He sacrifices himself to get the final shield or whatever repaired and back online. Um, Kappa was sent out with him. Doesn't seem like he would be qualified whatsoever for that particular mission. And the fact that he was nominated by Chris Evans character and, and uh, Chris Evans character, I forget his name, but he just, uh, he basically Mace. said not Mace. Yeah, there you go. He's, he basically said, you're going out. And Kappa was just like, all right, no, I don't, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I yeah. Just say, no, that's not my specialty. Uh, like a lot of like towards the middle part of the film and the end, they're like, no, you need to survive because you're the one that's that's going to have to drop the bomb yeah. on the sun and all this stuff. And it's like, OK, well, where was that thought process in this decision making? You know, like, no, he let's halfway, throw him he, on the dangerous mission. He got halfway out and they're like, wait a minute. Wait, yeah. oh, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What am I doing? Exactly. Here? Exactly. Um. So yeah, a little little strange bit of logic there, but uh but yeah, I mean this scene um you know, it it uh it was definitely mm, I guess upsetting would be the word for it because, you know, Canada sacrificed himself to get everything uh the shields up so everybody didn't yeah. get extra fried crispy by by the sun's rays. Uh, and it seemed like an unnecessary sacrifice because of the choice to divert. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting, too, like that he's the captain and the captain's the one who dies because. Yeah. Like that's their kind of focal point. Like they kind of yeah. look to, they all look to him as like your decision, captain. You know what I mean? So it's like 
when that happens, it does help kind of throw the movie a little bit into chaos in regards to that. Yeah. So I'm going to jump forward a little bit and um, they get to the Icarus one. They kind of find out what the deal is with that. And then they um, board back on the Icarus too. And in order to do that, we have our second scene in space where they jump from basically the Icarus one to the Icarus two, which was a pretty thrilling little uh, scene. Yeah. And one of the members of the ship, I think he was the one in charge at that point. Uh, Harvey ends up um, dying because his, his suit was not fully closed and it was kind of like an emergency, uh, an emergency escape. And his death was pretty gruesome where he just gets iced out and, you know, skin expands and all that stuff. And I mean, from everything that we we're told with science, it seems like that's the way it would happen. And we kind of see, I hate to throw this in and science in the same sentence, but we kind of see that uh, a little bit in the first guardians of the galaxy movie where like, you know, Peter starts getting iced up and all that stuff. Obviously somebody would die instantly as opposed to him. But, um, but it was, I think it was a pretty cool effect and definitely gruesome. Uh, definitely stuck with me. Harvey was all iced out, and I'm not talking about um, bling. Um, and then there's some other stuff, but I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. So kind of, you know, leading through uh, going to Icarus 1 and coming back from Icarus 1, uh, the middle of the movie there. Um, what thoughts did you guys have? So there's a sign when they get when they board back up off of Icarus two from mm -hmm. Icarus one on back on the Icarus two. I I get chills when I watch when Kappa is reviewing the oxygen levels and you find out and I think they say that I think this is I forget exactly where this might be a little farther when they're back on, but they he asks like when the oxygen levels are good for four people. Or for five people, and then he's like, "Well, Icarus, rerun it. There's only four people, right? Like, no, there's a fifth. And then you're like, "What? Like, wait Who's a minute, fifth? like, like, who, like yeah. it's someone, yeah." And you're like, "All right, like something, something isn't right." Because I don't even think at that point yet it hits you where you're like, "Oh, there's someone else from Icarus One was alive and made it onto Icarus Two. So I think that that was that was like an interesting kind of twist on it because the third of the movie could be was a slasher thing where Pinbacker basically has at some point during his mission has this, um, I guess, holy experience of him and thinking that this should be we they you're shouldn't be doing God's work like this was completely intended for to fail and that he's the reason for the Icarus one failing and then trying to stop Icarus two. Um, so I think that that was a really cool twist on him because I didn't expect it coming. There's one shot, I think when they're on Icarus two or Icarus one, I'm sorry. And I don't know if you caught it. Like it's a kind of a, you look away is one thing that they do in this movie is really quick frames. It's similar to what they yeah. did in flight club with a couple scenes, which I don't want to talk about here, but if you're, if you're familiar with the flight club, um, little insert that they added there but they do that here with um with like pinbacker and it's really quiet and it just a lot of people i, I feel like they're watching it like what like something happened like something's wrong with the movie or something's wrong with the screen or whatever um but i think some of the visual stuff that they use in this is it's really cool um 
And I just, I, I think that once the movie shifts, I think turned a lot of people off that have seen this because they're like, well, this is just, it got really dumb and unbelievable. Guess what? They're in a spaceship going to the sun. They just passed Mercury. And we're we're going to talk about, un, we're not going to talk about unbelievable. Like, I'm sorry. It, it's, uh. Deal with it, like yeah. All they were missing was a talking bear. Talking from Peru. He wears a hat. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I liked I liked that little twist on it because then I the the I feel like the movie would have been it needed a little bit more of I guess drama and suspense because at that point they're just going to the sun and they're going to drop a bomb in there and like is that going to be how the movie wraps up? It's just like. They do it. It doesn't work. Uh, they drop another one. Oh, it works. Like, and then they f- whatever fly to wherever they try to go. So I feel like it, it it needed a little more. I don't know, a little more suspense added in because at that point they had so many mechanical issues. Like, do you want to deal with another mechanical issue to end this? Nah, let's get a, a psycho captain or whatever he was on the first one. Pop him on a board. Um, I think uh, I one thing I love about this movie is I with Killian Murphy like. Half of this movie, I feel like, is just him delivering monologues and just talking, and about like, and he just has like a very calm presence where you know he he, even when he's fighting fighting with Mace, Kappa just seems in control of his emotions, and he just seems like the most level headed amongst the the, and I think Killian Murphy plays that off well, um, where Mace is the complete opposite, where he's letting emotions get the best of him and and reacting more emotionally than not logically, um. But yeah, I I think that once the I think once they have to start working together, it's a cool twist on it because it's just like, you know, you watched half of this movie where these people were at one point trying to kill each other, and then they have to, they I think the the need for survival kicks in where they're like, okay, like we we got much bigger issues right now. So, hair. Yeah, it's interesting to me that you couldn't figure out that there was another member on the ship, but you realized pretty quickly that Nicole Kidman was the daughter <laughs> of the famous explorer. So that's I knew where that was going the minute you started. So the, the minute that breath came out, yeah. I, I, I knew where you were going with that. I just find it interesting, um, you know, but kudos to you, man. Um, kudos to you. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, the lead up to this because obviously, you know, um, a couple things that Hans mentioned, they're – we watched this film in 2007 uh, the first time, and uh, that was back when there was actual film. So when you're watching this movie, um, you kind of were just like, is there something wrong with the print? You know, as, as a movie insider, you're kind of just like, is there something? Did they splice it weird? What's happening? Why is this showing up on, on screen? Um, there's a little bit of just kind of like uh, stuff that sets you off kilter. And you know, you kind of get that, you know, alien type vibe when they start to head over to Icarus one, um, that, you know, something, something's up here, um, in regards to it. Some people didn't see it coming, but others sometimes do, um, that there might be more to the, more to the story. Um, maybe some artificial intelligence or maybe a crew member. Um, I joke hands, I joke. Um, but yeah, this is, this is God. I would say if, if they like shifted to some sort of, um, alien being, I probably would have checked out. I think it might kept it much more real. Oh, interesting. Than the, like with a human being like surviving on Icarus that long, and I, I think if they if they introduced some sort of 
you know, um, elf, um, alien life form for anyone yeah. who wasn't sure who anyone wasn't sure with the sitcom in the eighties. Um, yeah. Um, like the cats. Um, I, I, I thought I would have, I would have lost a lot of interest in it. I just think it, this, this movie felt grounded through most of the movie. Uh, for to an extent where I feel like it, it just seemed like it was more leaned on science. I just think that that would have just kind of ruined the last third of the act for me. Harry, yeah. I don't mean to hijack, but Hans, no, what is the difference between introducing some rando alien and introducing a basically naked Deadpool running around stabbing <laughs> people talking about God? Like it just it's it's out. I don't want to say it's out of left field because I could – as soon as they started showing the distress calls, I kind of knew that was coming or I, I, I at least had a hint that it was coming. But like I just – I feel like there was enough inherent danger in the mission itself that all of this was unnecessary. Like they already had me. They didn't need to go and get stabby mm. Deadpool, um, stabby naked Deadpool in. I. I guess I don't know. I just feel like so you're asking me like what the difference between like if it was an alien or if it was right. Like why why does back... why does an alien throw you off kilter but not this because they're both equally because... out there. All right, so I, I guess when I say like more grounded, like I my my I guess my thought process with this is thinking could with the way the movie was going and we were talking about uh, and they they really focus on like the psychological effect that it's having on on the 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 members of the mission. I, what I kind of just meant was I, I feel like introducing an alien or some other life form where there was no other recognition or, or no other acknowledgement that that existed or that was an actual threat. I mm-hmm. feel like in this type of movie, or at least where the movie was leading up, a real potential threat could be an actual human that sabotaged the mission. So I guess that's why I felt like that was more realistic than gotcha. like if, if, if there was like a throwaway line or dialogue where Kappa was like, or Kappa or, or Mace or someone was saying, you know, that there was an, like an alien life form that was found on Mercury or like or in these parts or some something that showed that there was some kind of existence of that. Then I would say, OK, I, I would kind of check in. But if, if it was just if it was just came out of nowhere and it was an alien, then I, I think it, it would have been thrown off for me. OK. All right, sorry, Harry, we hijacked that. Yeah, sorry. We hijacked that like it was the Icarus, too. You're fine. No, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I think part of the, I think with Icarus 1 and Icarus 2, like, they're so, I think, aligned. Like, Cliff, I wouldn't, you could suspect Cliff Curtis's character, Cyril, to kind of do the same thing that Mark Strong's pinbacker does in regards to being obsessed with the, the son as much as he is and... They were making him like, seem like not all there. Yeah, like there was there was something that had overtaken his you know thought process was it with it, and I look at it very similar to like the, there's I don't think there's much difference between Icarus one and Icarus two in regards to what they were trying to do. It just sounds like you know on Icarus one, you know the 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 bad guy per se uh, won out in regards to it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would have had any any thoughts or feelings if it was an alien as opposed to, um, you know, an actual member of Icarus One in regards to what happened. Um, my big thing, as I mentioned earlier, was just like, what if they had just kind of kept this movie contained to this spaceship, this mission, them doing it, as opposed to adding on this 
external element of you know going off on this you know side mission like what if they just never went to the icarus one you know what i mean like if they just told that story to see see how that would play out but um obviously i think the tension in the you know as you mentioned greg the set piece with them having to get back after the ships are disconnected you know obviously um the death earlier of the of the captain and just um all the other stuff that kind of comes with it where it's like, well, we made this decision. Like now we kind of have to see it through, but you know, kind of, kind of was the wrong decision, uh, you know, through and through in regards to that. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, to your point, I think, I think it's okay that they diverted to Icarus one and went on board and, you know, did what they did to, collect the bomb and all that stuff but it's like yeah did they need a survivor on that ship and he's gonna be the psycho running around it's like no like you could just find the skeletons hey there was some catastrophic failure on board it's a ghost ship and then things are falling apart and we need to avoid those dangers like you don't need an additional human hunting you down on top of that stuff it was just yeah. it didn't make the movie worse it, like I, I liked what they did with it, but I also think it was unnecessary. Like they could have just kept again the the danger of the mission uh, without needing that that extra thing. Um, one thing that both of you guys brought up was like the visual effects around Pinbacker, and specifically like the way it was shot and the editing and all that stuff. And I did not like that. I think. I think at first it was like, oh, that's kind of unique. But then as yeah. Pinbacker had a more pronounced role um, in the movie and kind of seeing it. Once they get back to Icarus too, right? Like I feel like yeah. that's when it starts to. Yeah. Yeah. So like the first time or the first two times, whatever, it's like, ah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely off kilter, whatever. But like when it keeps happening over and over and it's like, oh, that's the theme. Like, you know, we're just going to yeah. show this guy blurred out and everything's a mess and all that stuff. Like it just got annoying and hokey to me. It's like that's again, that's it's fair. unnecessary. Like show us the horror of this. Like I'm sure. I mean, like you could see it. It, it. You could. It was blurred out, but like you could see there were makeup applications to, you know, do all the burn scarring and stuff. Yeah. So like, where you're gonna put your makeup department through all of that and then not even actually show the effect? That's kind of annoying. Um, I'd be pissed if I was budget ran out. They only had time for certain parts <laughs> per day. Yeah. Well, hey, look. I mean, he's fully nude. Shoot him from the shoulders up. You know, <laughs> like whatever. But um, it's just uh. I, I did not like that effect, that stylistic choice, I should say. Um, Fair. So what else we have when when they get back to the ship? Uh, they're kind of talking about well, who who um, messed with the airlock, and they talk about Trey uh, Benedict Wong's character, who is basically on suicide watch and super depressed because of his error in the uh in adjusting the shields they have him highly doped up and all that stuff now trey ends up solving the question of what to do about trey on his own uh which actually did he do that or did pinbacker get to him to make it look like i, I, I think didn't the expectation that. i think the expectation was that he did it because um i guess because they i i because it looked like it was it was suicide 
Yeah. And I think big and Pinbacker wouldn't have known that like Wong was probably suicidal. That's right. how I looked at it. I think right. because when they when they when they went to Icarus one to to check, I think the guard was kind of down on him. And the only reason the I asked is because I think there was like an offhand comment where they're like, Oh, he's so doped up he can't even move. You know, it's like how Yeah. My my mind was that he actually was able to do it. Uh, he he did it only because like Pinbacker would have no idea he was suicidal. So why would he like? Why would he carefully make this body look like it was? Yeah, so. yeah. So it it was an interesting. It was an interesting out that they did because I was kind of looking forward to seeing them. I mean, they did talk about it and make that choice, but then I think. I forget who discovers him, if it was Mace or somebody else. I think Mace does. Mace does. Yeah, because he he was going to do the deed, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Not that I want to get, like, grisly with it, but I I think it would have been more dramatic had that decision been forced on Mace and he had to actually go through with it. Yeah. Um, But it was an interesting choice either way. Um, Pinbacker, like I said, I knew that that was coming with him being, you know, some, an antagonist, uh, basically since the distress call, um, we get on pinbacker on Icarus two. Um, I don't understand quite how he was able to pull the plug on like the whole ship. I mean, I know what he did. He messed up the, the cooling things, but it just like, it shut down everything. And it's like, you tell me there's, zero fail safes in place for this like we we can do interplanetary travel and these giant ships um and you just pull out the little filters and all of a sudden the lights go off like come on uh so that i found a little bit crazy and the fact that he was able to do it with such speed too was was a little uh i hate to say unrealistic but maybe unbelievable is a better better term um, and before we get to the end, uh, I'll circle back to you guys. So any thoughts on, uh, basically pinbacker boarding the Icarus two and hunting people down any, um, anything in particular from, from this section of the film. So uh, what I love was the introduction of pinbacker. Cause I know like uh, you saying like you expected that someone from Icarus one had sabotaged the mission. I didn't yep. expect that at all at the time. Um, I, when I had first watched it now watching it, it, you know, it, I feel like the dialogue in a theater, like this is the kind of movie that where there's so much dialogue where it's not necessarily like science fiction in terms of like a lot of crazy stuff, like superhero movie, science fiction. There's a lot of dialogue in here that you can miss. And if you don't, if you don't pick it up the first time and pinbacker, the way he talks, cause he's all distorted and everything. Like he has so many good, like his introduction is great because you learn more about the character just in his introduction and like what he what he wanted to say. And I know I talked about this a couple minutes ago, but I was looking at a couple of the lines of some of the things he said where he asked Kappa if Kappa's an angel. And basically his reasoning for wanting he goes nuts, obviously, but his reasoning is he basically wants to be the only man alive with God, which is very dark to think about and and to be in that mental state of being at one, at like once the sun burns out, the whole only, human race, the only human alive, and that just like it's just a, a horrible, horrible thing to think of. Um, but so some of the dialogue in there is is just incredible writing. I I don't necessarily 
whether or not he got superpowers in that eight years, if he was working out or something, I don't know. Like he does, he does well, move into his voice. See, I don't know what was up with that. <laughs> I, I don't know. He, he gets over that. I'm sure you get pretty lonely after six years. Like, so I'm pretty sure you're, you're, you're putting a couple extra pushups in. Like you weren't just sitting, staring at the sun for six years. I mean, you run out of cocoa crispies. What are you going to do? You know, but yeah, how did he survive? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe this movie's becoming more real unrealistic like Paddington. Um, but, How dare you. um, but yeah, I, I think I don't have a problem with the ending. I thought it was great is, I think towards the end of it when here, like they're like fighting on the bomb and everything. And, and I, yeah, I, I might maybe, I don't say I check out, but I, I feel like that's a little too much to have like a hand to hand combat between, between Kappa, who's not a physical guy. Like you shouldn't be fighting this creature. Um, you figure they'd have like I, I think they had like guns on board, but I'd 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 I, after that thing with Mace, I'd 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 stay strapped all the time. Like I'd what the fight in the beginning of the movie, just yeah. in case. Um, but I mean, it it does become a little stereotypical because it's like they they do complete the mission. It's a sacrifice. It turns out to be a sacrifice mission where Kappa Kappa rides the 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 bomb down. Like it's a what's that movie? How I saw. Um, I can't think of it. Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange Love, or how I uh, something with the atomic Learned bomb. The I don't know the whole name. And love the atomic bomb. Yeah. yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Where Cap is just riding that thing, like wearing like a hat, riding it down to the Yo. sun. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, I I, I think um, the addition of Pinbacker. I, I mean, you have Blark Strong, who's a great actor. Um, who it just seemed like it was. I, I and I mentioned it just seemed like they needed a threat. I I didn't want. I like how they included some of the religious elements to it where he just – he had a reason for what he was doing even though he wasn't – he had no sane part left in him. But I like that he – they gave him a reason of why he was doing it because he basically is doing it for – to to you know be alone with God. Um, I mean I like my peace and quiet. I don't want that. I don't – I would not kill people to be the only human left in, in existence. Um Good but <laughs> I think if you just included him and and didn't give him some of those lines and and like the explanation of what he thought he was doing, um, I think yes, that might have been another thing that would have I would have kind of lost interest in. I it added a little bit to it. I, it added a lot to it to shift the whole movie in the third act. I liked them. I I think it was good that they included them. I think it was good to kind of give the give a different perspective and show how how the mission we saw it from this little, like the small group of eight or nine that were on there, how it was like mentally affecting them for that short time. And then now you get pinbacker who's been had it, you know, he sabotaged Icarus one and has just been like sitting there for so long and just how like that would drive a man to, to as far towards insanity as you can go. Do you have a, do you have subtitles on for this G? I did. You know, it, dude. always, well, yeah, I was going to say that probably helped because I definitely recall being in the theater. When they get back to the ship, there's definitely an element, you know, once we find out there's another member on board, which is exciting. But it's also like once we dive into the sabotage that's happening, uh, it does get a bit, you know, visually uh, chaotic. And I, I think also, like you mentioned, with the voice of Mark Strong, um, you know, verbally a little chaotic as well. Um 
I just had assumed that uh, Pinbacker was able to sabotage the ship just because he had probably done the same on the previous ship, or maybe like he was the engineer over there, you know, whatever his role was, um, that he was more familiar with the ship and able to do that. Um, he got on board the Icarus too, and he's like, oh, cool, this is just like the 2050 model. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like, not much has changed, huh? You guys. You guys still running the uh, oh. the G eighties? I, I got this. Oh, I know how it today. <laughs> oh man, they put they put heated seats in there. I've been wanting yeah. those. <laughs> uh. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, I that part like I don't get. I I, I get your you know negatives with it. I I think at the time when I originally saw it, I think there was definitely some elements of it working a little bit more. Um you know, for me. Um, but I could also see how it becomes a little bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It becomes a little bit. God. Yeah. I was just going to say like, it, it didn't like negatively impact me. It's just, it's like, uh, this is a plot hole and it kind of, yeah, I hear you, you know, I feel you. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And it it just, it makes a choice. And I think, Mm -hmm. You know, even if you like the choice, you might be like, well, that was okay. Like, I get it. But, you know, um, I think they had enough, like the, the allure of being stuck in space is, is, is almost enough as opposed to adding this additional element. But, you know, as Hans had mentioned earlier, the, the smaller nature of this film, um, you know, I don't mind that there's a wild card thrown into it, uh, from that aspect. And, you know, your mileage may vary on that for sure. Um. But yeah, there there is that that climactic mo- moment with uh, with Kappa and finding out that there's more than uh, just them four, even with the suicide uh, on there. And um, you know, then we then we had in the end the big. I don't want to say. I'm trying to remember if it was if it felt rushed at the time, um, but it does kind of kick up a level with you know kind of the manhunt of it and you know getting to be like, all right, well we got we're almost there. We got to do this thing. So. Um, I felt like that kind of jumped in pretty quickly uh, with that, but I'll throw it back to you, Papa. Yeah, I agree. The ending, I don't want to say it felt totally rushed, but it definitely, the pace picks up pretty quickly. Um, I did find the last 10 minutes of the film kind of annoying and disorienting, and mainly because Pinbacker's in it so much, and they keep even when it's not pinbacker, but like they, even the shots of like the sun, they also do that weird stylistic choice where it's like, almost like a, like a channel that's out of tune. Um, yeah. For, for those old enough to understand their preference. Um, it just, uh, it, it was a choice and I wasn't a fan, but I understand, you know, they wanted to do something visually to set it apart. Um, Overall, you know, I thought the 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 movie was uh, really good. The ending I was cool with, made sense. Um, happy that there that I don't know, Killian Murphy succeeded and saved the we world. I guess we did it. Yeah. We did it, Joe. Uh, we got to see the um, the Sydney Opera House and whatever body of water that's on flooded over Sydney mm. Bay or something uh, and iced over. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just, uh, it's like, okay, yeah, sun's up and boom, there we go. It's like, oh, all right, I guess. 
Um, part of me wishes that they left that like like that part a little ambiguous to say like did they uh, succeed or not? <laughs> I'd probably um, not have been a fan of that. <laughs> I, if they like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess like if it if the sun like I don't know if it like reignite it and then like if you're on Earth and you see it reignite and then it just like dies out again. You know, one thing that kind of I'm, I'm not off, a movie writer, so <laughs> now one, leaves one the top spinning. Off, did did Kappa make a video <laughs> for his sister? Because I know he was making one for his parents, but did we see him do one for his sister also? I don't know if we saw, but I know I I think he does do one because he says to her. I think the one where he says like it takes however long for the Earth to for light to reach the sun or the heat. I thought that was the so, one to his parents. I think he does more than one. I th- on it. I think I don't know, but I think the one that he sent to that was for his sister because his sister's the one that they show at the end with her kids or someone's well, kids. Well, yeah, and yeah. That's like maybe because I missed something, but I was like, I expected to see his parents. I mean, not out there walking the ice or whatever, but like, I thought the video was for them, so I figured we would see them at the end. And I wonder if like, that was oh, just he has a sister and like niece yeah. and nephew. Yeah, I wonder if I that think, was just a way yeah. to introduce it and then have it be like a callback later, but to somebody else. So, yeah, sequel uh, potentially. Um, score I really liked. I thought it was uh, the mood and the vibe were just right. The score was done by, I guess, a band called Underworld and John Murphy. Yeah. John Murphy, who did the score for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and also the Suicide Squad. So uh, frequent collaborator collaborator both with Danny Boyle and um uh James Gunn. Um the credits. So I I like when movies do extra things during the credits, where whether it's little graphics or um a gag reel or whatever. But this one They should have put a gag reel on this. <laughs> <laughs> this one made a very strange choice, which I, I have seen before, although I can't think of what movie off the top of my head. But basically, it did a highlight reel recap of the entire movie that we just sat through, condensed down to whatever, like two minutes. Can, and I, I, can I suggest the movie you're thinking of? Airplane does that. <laughs> okay. I, well, and I'm like, I, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like old school, like 70s, 80s, and comedies did that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like, so, like, you can look at, like, Avengers Endgame, and they show, like, clips of the individual characters. Right. It's not, like, it's not literally the entire movie in sequence. (laughs) It's just, like, you just watched this movie here, it is condensed. (laughs) And I'm like, bro, you had the cliff notes the whole time, and you're holding out on me? Um, Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, you know, like I said, I really enjoyed the movie, but I I found it a very odd choice to do that. For sure. We just watched the hour 45 <laughs> of this movie why do we need to recap during the credits Play the like, i would just rather have the credits yeah in case you didn't catch anything here's here's the highlights from the game yeah yeah uh you know what you yeah, know when you went to the bathroom during the, the movie yeah. when you went to the bathroom during the movie here's your second chance you get a quick <laughs> get a remember when kappa remember when kappa <laughs> threw that touchdown in the third quarter but pinbacker came back and rushed for two more <laughs> to take the lead Luckily, Kappa had the last word in the final, the final drive. Um, it's a really, really weird choice. I don't know why, but uh, just something that I picked up. Uh, apparently, the movie was torn to shreds for scientific inaccuracy. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, 
So some I of the big people. things were the way that, that the gravity works with, uh, I guess, you know, they, they use the vomit comet for reference, but it, it wasn't quite accurate to, um, uh, reality. Uh, the scale of the bomb they said was like way too small for what was needed. They would have needed something that was like 40 billion times the size of what was actually used in the movie. Um, well, shut Oppen- up, Oppenheimer got his Oppenheimer got a shot off twice, so ain't, ain't no stress. Yeah, yeah. Well, and hey, look, maybe um, Adam Driver would have had a funny response to, to this type of uh, yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. Also, I find it hilarious that Chris uh, hates people from that, but he can't fathom a bear that talks sitting in Paddington Station. But heaven forbid we question science. Yes. I, I I can fiction. only imagine I can only imagine what Neil deGrasse Tyson did to this movie because uh, uh, I I know yeah. he's not kind on these things, but uh, even with the scientific scientific inaccuracies aside, which normally you know I do like when they they try and get stuff right, uh, I found the movie very entertaining and for me it was a, a very enjoyable sci-fi flick. Uh, Three point seven five stars is what I give it. So. Uh, Hans, we'll we'll loop back to you in a second. But Harry, what are your thoughts here uh, on the end of the movie and your rating? Yeah, shocking that it's higher than Paddington. It's just a crime out here. Um, yeah, no, I mean, listen, as I mentioned, I, I think the ending gets a little bit faster pace, a little kind of rush there. There's a lot of, you know, all of a sudden it feels like we're in fifth gear. You know, ramping up for how do we, you know, make sure that this happens. Um. Yeah, um, I really I enjoyed this movie. Um, I gave it four stars out of five. Uh, I'm slightly a little higher than you, um, and I think that just comes down to a lot of the world building in the beginning. And I, I might count that too much um, in in my rating, but I think it really works. I really love the debate scene when they're de- deciding if they're going to Icarus One. Um, as I mentioned, I think it would have been a really interesting movie if they just didn't do that, and uh, you know, kind of how to play with the elements of, you know, hey, maybe maybe somebody's trying, like, maybe that's where the sabotage happens, where, you know, somebody's, like, deciding that, hey, we're actually going to slightly adjust course here, and that's how the chaos gets thrown in um, with that. But, yeah, great movie, uh, fun time. Um, not a, a, a unique take on a sci-fi movie, um, in my opinion, and I always will credit that more than I will discredit it. Uh, when I think it works uh, pretty well, you know, I think I think you forgot to mention the difference maker between you and me, which was when Pinbacker gets his arm ripped off. <laughs> uh, did not see uh, that coming. Actually, nah. actually I I love that, but uh, <laughs> that was kind of out of left field. I just imagine it pulling off like like gooey pizza. I don't know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> She's stuck to the plate. Just that's the one. You know it. Hands. Final thoughts on uh, the end of the movie and and y'all your rating and everything. Y'all need Jesus. Um, (laughs) We need the sun, um, baby. Yeah. I uh, no. I I mean, I recommended it. So I I mean, I wouldn't recommend a bad movie. But when you're up again, I got a suggestion. (laughs) Yeah, you want one one star for Uh, listen. Y'all better enjoy it because that's what's coming your way next. So just just yeah. Harry's job in Madam Web. Um, no, I um no, I, I mean, I I don't care about scientific inaccuracies or anything like that. Um, I I think I I enjoy this movie. I actually will pick up some little things 
every time I do watch it and I try and focus a little more on the dialogue with these type, these type of things just in the background. And, and you know, just, I, I think the, the cast really carries this movie because it, it is a small scale movie with much larger implications of, you know, the survival of the human race. Um, but, you know, it's held on the, the whole thing's held on one ship and it seems like it's like what, six or seven rooms. Um, great set design. Um, uh, it's a shame that this went unnoticed for a, a long time. Um, I, I really think that people should give this a shot. So if you're listening, uh, I had really, I, it's a great science fiction movie as you know, these guys gave it good ratings. It's not like a, a, a Peruvian bear that wears a hat and eats marmalade and goes to London. Um, no. for me, four stars out of five. Um, I do, admit, I, I do like talking through, I, I, I would go a little higher, but I do acknowledge that some of the, the, the feedback and some of the negative criticisms are in certain parts are a little well-deserved. Um, but I, um, yeah, I think it's, for me, it, it's definitely still up there with one. I, I, I will, I would say it's a, it's one of my favorite science fiction movies. I wouldn't say it's the best in quality, but I mean, it's definitely, it's one of the ones I do rewatch on a frequent basis. Well, Hans, I have some good news for you because as soon as this Sunshine episode too. drops Sunshine and our, our millions of loyal listeners Hadn't decide they want to see Sunshine, uh, it's going to be top of the pops on iTunes, top of the pops on Amazon Prime. Tell you boys, get ready now. We're the needle makers or the needle movers. We don't make mm. we are the uh, music makers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Candlestick makers. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna push that to the top of the charts. But um but yeah, by all means absolutely go see Sunshine. Um uh, from the comfort of your home. <laughs> when I say walk go, on, I mean go to your walk, couch. <laughs> walk on it if you want to, too. <laughs> yeah. Go to Best Buy to Sorry. pick up a oh uh, you can anymore. <laughs> Yeah. DVDs, I doubt they would even wow. sell this thing. <laughs> oh yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us. Oh, actually, you know what? There is one other thing. Um, I'm just I'm gonna throw my stamp on it, but I have been watching Echo with my wife. Uh, Hands. I talked to you about this earlier today, but Echo was the least the 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 Disney Plus Marvel show that I was looking forward to the least. <clears throat> I just was not excited for it whatsoever. And we are four episodes in. We we need to watch the finale, but they uh they really did a good job with it. Um I'm not gonna say it'll blow your mind, but it's uh entertaining, it's enjoyable. Um Vincent D'Onofrio, not a spoiler, but uh I thought he was only in it as a cameo. He's in most, if not all, of the episodes thus far and, and does a tremendous job. So if you're on the fence about Echo, giving it the Papa stamp of approval, check it out. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thanks for and, that. Yeah, no problem. And uh, Disney, uh, you will be cashing the check tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> JK. Uh, Herr, anything for the peeps? No, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I hope you guys are um, fans of the movie The Meg. Um, fans of the movie <laughs> The Happening. Uh, what else Shark did I write down here? Moonfall. Um, oh, Lone Ranger. No. Bro, I'm uh, all in on Moonfall. Re- Please uh, pick Moonfall. Uh, Hypnotic, uh, because those will be the movies that we will have for the next Never Never Have I Ever Seen. 
um, because these guys so, don't appreciate true taste and quality. You oh, please give me hypnotic. Please <laughs> give me give me hypnotic and Moonfall. Please. All right. I'll take hypnotic and Hennessy. I've there seen it happening, so you can't you can't drop that one. On All me. right. I got a couple more coming your way. Tree of Life. <laughs> you guys ever see Tree of Life? No, no but I no. actually want to see that. Yeah, fuck <laughs> well, yeah, I heard it's not great. Uh, okay, love Brad well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, oh, I think it is. Boy. Oh boy, hands anything right. for the peeps? No, thanks for listening uh, and sticking with us. If you have, you know, if there's any suggestions on movies that we that you know we may not have seen, uh, I know Greg has watched like I, I he watched like three thousand movies last year, so the the number is um that's kind of try hard to find a movie that Greg has not watched. Uh, but yeah, suggest yeah. Let us know. Um, let us know if you're if uh, if you're on Team Sunshine or Team Paddington. You can be a team on both, and, and you know if you, if you want. But uh, you know, just want to throw it out there that one is uh, so has some sort of scientific realism. The other does not. Um, bears can't talk or wear hats. Well, they probably wear hats. Yeah, they don't like now. You, now you see me too. Uh, the mummy oh, returns what? underwater. Dude, you're um, you're naming actually like enjoyable movies. Yeah, that that's not shocking coming from you. Um, I'm just at the Could lowest be. of my letterbox reading them off, and <laughs> so. Bro, now you see me uh, too, and the and the Mummy Returns are great. No, no, now you see me too. The second one, not the first one. That's what two means. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Not, no, 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 no. You're still misunderstanding. Not now you see me too. It's now you see me to the second one. Yeah, I understand. Actually, now you too see curious. me two point five. I understand the concept. The concept of numerical oh, sequences. <laughs> Listen, you. I can't believe you just stated that was a good movie. Uh, Sundying, uh, talking Peruvian bears. You know those things might be unrealistic, but you know what is real? <laughs> My YouTube the, channel's coming the, back, baby. <laughs> I filmed two. Count them two spicy videos. So go on YouTube, uh, subscribe and like Papa Spice channel. We got some some hot sauce reviews coming up soon. Uh, that'll do it for us. Thank you guys so much. As uh, always, Harry Harry didn't let us know what, what if he had anything. Did he? If he got or just anything? name if he has anything for the peeps. Did you say? Yeah. He just yeah, went I off. Was, you just started naming off. You started naming yeah. off. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of realism, too, uh, in case uh, Harry's uh, goodbye, uh, two actually does come after one. So that's realistic <laughs> as well. <laughs> just just like Icarus Got 2 it. and Icarus 1. Yeah. yeah. Icarus 2. So now you see me 1 and the second now you see me 2. Icarus the full two. title of the ship was Icarus 2. No, not T O O T W O. The second. Icarus 2, the sequel. <laughs> I'm on Icarus uh, too. All right. We're getting silly now. Thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, be well, be, stay safe, and make sure you live spicy. Spicy.